Welcome to the Winner's Circle with Taya Sloan and Derek Pang. Let's go, hero. Oh, wait. All right, all right. Okay, we live, we live. I'm recording from a new location with my Mr. Rogers cut right beside me. Um, and yeah, kick it off, Taiha. All right, and welcome back to the Winner's Circle, everybody. I'm super excited for this week's guests. And the goal of this podcast is to bring you guys people who are out in the real world and they are going for their win. And what going for your win looks like is following your passion, following your calling, even if it's a little bit or a lot of bit harder than following the traditional career model. So Derek, if you would please introduce our guest for this week. Yeah, I'm so excited to introduce you to um, this week's guest, Taiha, and our audience as well. Um, I met him at Onnit many, uh, like maybe three years or so ago. He was actually Onnit Jim's first member, and he later worked there. That's, that's how I met him in that capacity, and we could get into that. But now he's the performance coach, VP of brand at True Coach, former host of the Fitness Breakroom podcast. We're going to talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, Taiha. Sam Pogue. What's up? Thanks for having me, guys. Such a pleasure to be able to hang out and share time and, and uh, you know, get to chat about something that's really cool to me, and, and that's my story and uh, what it's allowed me to do. And uh, every day and every time I get asked to do something and share it, it gets me more fired up, and, and hopefully it excites other people to start chasing their, uh, their thing, whatever that thing is, and just start going for it. And uh, just, you know, because I think at the end of the day, um, going for it is what really inspires the happiness over, you know, any sort of monetary or fiscal or specific thing. Love that. One hundred. Sam, you you give me so much light when uh, I'm with you in person. I can't wait to see what we can produce digitally. Let's go. All right. Um, we're gonna start off right with a really important question that for the listener, if you're you're not sure what the answer this is for you, the best time to start anything is now. Um, the question that's so important that we know or kind of guidepost or North star, what is your mission, Sam Pogue? You know, I think it's one thing I, for, I think it's important to recognize is that it's going to change or it's going to evolve because how we grow and evolve also expands the reach that we have and the resources that we have and uh, what this new embarkment is. And with this, there's, there's a fine line between, you know, um, looking back and serving uh, what's supported you, but also looking towards uh, where you need to get to for you, right? So right now, you know, my mission has really been uh, about service and about education and inspiration. And I feel very blessed that I get to be a 33-year-old that's accomplished the childhood dream job I set out to when I was 12 years old, but I didn't just accomplish it, I beat the shit out of it by the time I was 32. Right, I travel the world. I've got to be employee number forty-two at on it and watch the huge growth that it went through. You know, in its um, and if you start looking back at life, you start realizing that like all those puddles and all those you know piles of shit that you stepped in along the way is what really makes this spot special for you to look back. And it's a moment, and that moment is so special when you realize it and to be able to like, oh, I own that now. Like that's a really cool feeling, and it gives you gratitude and it gives you appreciation. And it gives you that next launching pad towards the next thing. And so, you know, along with the idea of, of what your mission is, I really look at it as that our life is really about chapters in a book. And each chapter really defines the overarching theme, you know. And each time, it's, 
the universe providing the lesson that you need to learn. And sometimes you have to keep repeating the chapter, which really sucks. And it becomes a really long book. Uh, and then sometimes you like get through it pretty quickly. So I say that in that, like, okay, I, in high school, I was a good student. I was super active in a lot of things. And I was like, I went to a small town. Uh, so like, it was easy to be someone that like had relevancy in that space, even though I wasn't like the stud athlete kind of thing. And then it was like, you get into college, it's like, oh, you no longer special. Like, not only are there people who can do what you do better by winging it, but they do it with like a four point and they're going to med school. <laughs> you're doing it with like a 2.0 GPA thinking like, oh, you're winging it and doing it, right? Like uh, my beer pong percentage of winning was definitely higher than my grade point average in college, uh, which led me to fail out my sophomore year. Uh, and I had other variables in life too. My mom had a brain aneurysm and uh, like, I wasn't sure if she was gonna be alive and it happened right before finals week. So, you know, like I skipped the week before finals to be with my mom and, and she ended up living and she's still alive kicking today. Uh, but she, uh, uh, it was that week was pretty scary. We didn't know what an aneurysm was and we didn't know what it would hold. And so like, I'm like, all right, well, school can wait. I'm going to go chill with her. Let's see what happens. And of course, you know, I come back to school for finals and um, I needed those finals to do well, <laughs> to pass classes because I was partying a lot and uh, I didn't do well. I slept through one and and so I failed out of college. And so I didn't tell anybody. I, and I went to this like private bougie Catholic college. I was like 3000 kids, right? Most kids, like this was like their easy school to get into. And like, I'm definitely for sure got in because I was Asian. Uh, <laughs> like I just wasn't like, I didn't have like super high SATs. I didn't have a great GPA. I was just good at a lot of shit. I did a lot of extracurriculars. And so I punished And So for me, my, my punishment to myself is always to work. Like I can just put my head down and work because I have huge social bandwidth, if you're not picking that up right by my energy right now. And I just kind of run at this high frequency all the time. And so uh, my summer jobs in college is I made the, the tubes between paper towels and toilet paper. Uh, and you just make those for eight, 10 hours a day. And then I would go oh. bust tables. And, uh, and so then I petitioned the school to get back in because I worked 90 hours a week. And I was like, hey, I recognize I was just partying too much, let me back in. And so I got in and I graduated uh, almost on time. It took me an extra two summer classes uh, to finish on time, uh, but made it through. And, you know, my childhood dream job is, was to work in Major League Baseball. I realized that I wasn't destined for that journey as a kid, uh, but, like, I love the business side of it. I love the wheeling, dealing idea of, like, being a GM. And I've always had that, like, pinnacle of my, like, this is, like, the cool thing I would love to do. But I also wasn't, like, in a spot where, like, I'm doing everything possible to do it. I'm moving to Seattle right after college to work for the Mariners. And because... I've always been this personality and my biggest fear was getting pigeonholed as the sales guy because mm -hmm. it's easy for me just to go in and run my mouth. Right. But I don't want to just be like, yeah, I don't want to be the polyester suit. Like he just wheels and deals. Like I want you to respect me for my intelligence. And so just to give you a little bit of backtrack about where that comes from is I was actually born in Korea and I was born three months premature and I was abandoned. And so I spent my first eight months in an orphanage uh, and then I was adopted uh, to the States uh, by a couple of amazing people who are both Caucasian. And I grew up in like a 17,000 person ma majority Caucasian town. So like we're filming this right after the Greg uh, George Floyd thing, I'm sorry. And it's like, I grew up and like, I was like the only Asian dude, right? We had like one Mexican kid, a black kid, you know, and it was pretty. Uh, and so like, I grew up very much in that environment. And so, you know, both my parents are blue collar. My mom was a youth minister and my dad worked at a paper mill, did the same job for 33 years. And their dream was to, you know, have the house and have the kid and do the thing. And I got to live this amazing childhood to where I didn't grow up on the motherfucking street of Korea. I grew up maybe not in the coolest town in the world in Kelso, Washington, but like 
I played every sport I needed to go to. I developed amazing skills in learning how to communicate and network. And like growing up in the church, like I was up reading in front of mass. So I was speaking in front of people at a really young age. And grandpa was also like prominent in the city. So like he'd go places and people shake hands. And like you're taught as a young man to like look you in the eye and shake hands. Well, when you start getting a ton of reps and just conversations and learning how to communicate, and then you start throwing in in church, like you got to talk to the old lady and help her to her car. And then you got to like help the kid, you know, you got to play that game. It just forced fed me into like being able to communicate really well. So flash forward, you know, get out, you know, get to out of college. And I graduated college in 2008. And for those of you who are remembering of this time, it was an awesome economic opportunity for you to graduate college and enter the workforce because it wasn't just hard to get a job in your field. It was hard to get a job in general. <laughs> and I went to school for business. I was studying entrepreneurship. I honestly thought I was going to go work at Nike because Portland is home to Nike and Adidas. I was going to work at Nike. I was going to do sports marketing for Nike baseball and I'd be golfing with Ken Griffey Jr. Like that's what I kind of was like <laughs> setting myself up to do, right? Is in my mind. And, uh, yeah, 2008 was really shitty trying to get a job. And while I, once again, I didn't have a great accolades in terms of like GPA and I wasn't going to go to grad school, but I had like a sports marketing internship. I did rowing team. Uh, and while I may not have been the most uh, best known for my library skills, uh, I was just, I just knew everybody. Right. And so like, and no one thought it was dumb by any means. It's not like I was stupid, but like it allowed me to like, oh man, Sam knows everybody on school in school. And it just has carried over into life. So flash forward, graduate college, and you enter the workforce and there are no jobs. And you have to take a job at 24-hour fitness selling gym memberships. <laughs> and I also had the opportunity to have a boss who was two years younger than me, did not go to college, and uh, was trying to tell me how the world worked. And I blatantly looked at him and said, look, man, at the only reason why we're in this situation is because of the economy. There is never a picture in the world where I would ever report and work to, for you, right? Like, this is me. This is you. Let's make sure we establish that. Leave me alone. I'm here to get out of here, right? And so, and it was tough. It was a tough economy. I mean, that was May of 2000. I started September of 08. And uh, man, people weren't spending money on gyms and personal trainers in 2008 and 9. And it was a commission-only job. Like, I was making, I think I made $22,000 uh, to between 22 and $24,000 between the ages of 21 and 24, uh, a year and just like getting my ass beat. And so I was like, fuck, all right, this is shitty, but you need to at least take away something from this experience. Cause I, I was getting a really shitty attitude around it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, you like fitness. You like the idea of training, uh, and sports and athletes. That was a big attraction to me. And, uh, I always liked fitness. I never gave a shit around to like really learn, learn, but like it just appealed to me. And so started lifting with the trainers and learning about lifting. And thankfully I had great mentors coming out of the gate that taught me the great fundamentals around powerlifting, Olympic lifting, kettlebells, strongman. And so I had a great foundation of, from a community or a lens of perspective that's valued very highly in the fitness community. And that is the get stronger, go coach athletes, bigger, stronger, faster world, right? And so that's highly respected because it gives you like, oh, if you can do that, that means you know how to create adaptation and you know how to go train and create uh, an experience. And so also like I was the undersized athlete growing up. I was, you know, at 16, I was 114 pounds. Uh, like I just wasn't a big dude. And so like, I was always on teams and I was always on, you know, I made teams because I was athletic and like I could play, but I wasn't the biggest. I didn't mature early and I was just really good energy. I was a good teammate. So I'm always been like last guy in the bench. He's always been the fucking motivator guy. And like, Oh, I do the book for the team. Like, I didn't play an inning of baseball my senior year. Right. I just did the book and I got to pinch run sometimes. 
And so it was like, you know, I definitely am like a very much a chip on my shoulder because it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I very much would ride, you know, I very much want to be that rise to the occasion. But coming from a, all right, that's how it is. Like, if to, in order for me to earn my opportunity, I just got to put my head down and work, right? So it's a, it's a noticeable trend in my life. And so uh, get into, you know, going through the uh, learning about fitness and it kind of, it's just fun. And I go and uh, do my first, a strongman competition just for fun. It was like, oh, I actually did pretty well. Like I didn't lose. And I wasn't like weak. And I was like, oh shit. And that kind of like instigated like going down the powerlifting, Olympic lifting train. And while I don't lift massive, like uh, uh, the mountain numbers, like I'd lift respectable numbers, especially like my size. And so it was like, oh shit, okay. And so then I finally got a big kid job at an action sports company that does kiteboards, wakeboards, stand up paddle boards. And I was like, dope. Finally out of the 24 hour fitness setting, the gym world, and at least I'm in a, a action sports company, sports world, marketing. And I was originally gonna come on and do marketing. And then they're like, hey, can you do sales instead? Uh, and like, we'd like you to be like, do like North America wakeboarding. And I was like, dope, cool. Understand that I have no problem with the sales process and I'm cool with doing it, but I don't go wakeboarding. I, I can wakeboard as in like, I can get up and ride and I can eat shit with incredibly good fashion, <laughs> but I didn't grow up on a boat. So it's gonna take me a minute to learn. Two months in, I was fired for not being bro enough. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it was on a Friday afternoon. And I'm like, huh, okay. Uh, so I packed my shit. And so I drove, I, and it's, it was an hour and a half commute from where I live to the office. And, uh, and I went back to the gym to work out. And I'm like, I don't, have to, I don't know what to do with my time. I'm making a few calls. And uh, so I go into the gym and my old manager was like, who, on the fitness side, not my the 19 year old kid I talked off. Uh, <laughs> but he was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I got fired today. He goes, I'll pay for your first cert if you come back and become a trainer. And I was like, huh, all right, let's see what happens. Right, because at least that gave me like, at least that's money. It's, it's being a trainer for a lot of people is kind of like being a server and no, nothing wrong with either. I've done both. I used to work at Widmere and, and bus tables, but it's kind of like it can be an in-between thing, right? Like, and it's, you can choose hours. You don't need to dedicate, like it can be flexible with other shit you need to do with your life. And so it, it does promote a lot of part-time people in it. And I was like, dope, cool. I'll just roll with this and it'll get me by until the next thing. Plus it's like, by this point, I competed in a couple competitions and I could at least understand how to train someone. And I thought I was at least valuable enough to train out of 24 hour fitness and general population and like help make fitness cool for people who probably would never have had that relationship with it. But like, I wasn't necessarily thinking about going and training athletes or running seminars or teaching certifications or being in the fitness industry. That was just kind of where it was. And this is 2010. And, uh, and consistently though, I'm like, I need to get out of this industry. So a few times I was like kind of flirting with other opportunities, was talking with Nike with, uh, when they owned a company called Spark about maybe doing a summit with them and then Spark got dissolved. And then I was looking at Red Bull and then the job I was trying to get was this college sports marketing. And then they wanted to put me in the bars and I was like, uh, so this doesn't want to, you know, that wouldn't work. And finally I ended up taking a job doing uh, headhunting or technical recruiting for like software engineers. And I was like, cool. All right. At least it's, you know, a full-time gig salary, big commissions, you know, but health benefits and vacation and like at least an opportunity to grow because I also recognize as a trainer, like I was also able to build, you know, just being personable and knowing how it works, a full-time schedule from zero to 40 hours a week in 18 months. Right. And it takes most trainers a couple years to do that. Sorry. I was a master trainer in 18 months. I was a full-time trainer in three months. So for most people have a hard time getting going. It was like, all right, this is easy. It's fine. I don't want to go get more schooling to go like really validate myself and go to a college or go be a physical therapist. It, let's just keep writing it out. 
And so I take this job doing recruiting and it's like 120 cold calls a day kind of recruiting, like pound the phones. And uh, it was also commission heavy. So it's like the base salary like paid, but like it didn't pay my bills. And so I could, so I trained people part-time. I trained a six and 7 a.m. I'd go to work from eight to five. I trained in uh, a six, seven, 8 p.m. And then I trained a bunch on the weekends. I was also on the board of a nonprofit called Portland Youth Builders. I was getting up and doing like a big brother program called Chemo Pals with the Children's Cancer Society. Uh, and that's like a mentorship with a kid with terminal cancer. And then I played and ran on a, like a men's league baseball, semi-pro wood bat baseball league. And, uh, and it was a day where I'm doing like all this. I do this, that duty for about two and a half years, about, you know, uh, 4 a.m. wake up time, 11, 30, 12 p.m. go to bedtime and just trying to figure it out. And, but being busy at least made me feel like I had worth. And so, and I think a lot of people fall into that trap, especially when they're looking at trying to get out of what they're doing. They start filling their time with things that don't really fill their time well, and it's things that they don't feel good about. And I went to dinner with my buddy who we've been having, we've been friends since freshman year and just had times where we were close and not close. And we went to dinner and he looks at me and he says, dude, you make me feel like shit. He's like, you have two jobs, you play baseball for fun, you work with two nonprofits and you don't miss a weekend with all of our friends if we go do shit, like you're everything. And he goes, what's the highlight of your day? And I sat there and I was like, motherfucker, I'm just busy. I'm just really good at being busy. Well, a goal of mine growing up was always to go move away to say, cause I grew up in a small town and I've got this like rambunctious personality. I'm like, I can go do it. And my parents, the great thing about the life I got to live was I got to grow up with two parents that just jump off the ledge, try it because we're here to catch you, Right? So whatever you want to do. Right. And I also have this amazing network of people around the world. And it's like, man, for me to have to sleep on a, like on the street, would take me fucking up tremendously, right? Like I have a lot of people who, have, who re would really embrace me or give me a couch or help me out if I need to. And that's so freeing because it allows me to go, no, I wanna try everything because who knows? And I got someone over here that can help pull me up if I need it, right? So they, I, that's where the service comes in. Like, I wanna help you out because someday, I may, I may never call you, Derek, but there's gonna be a day I do call and you won't even have one hesitation about wanting to say, yeah, I'll absolutely, whatever you need. You need to drive from Winnipeg to Colorado in the snow to help you out, I'm there. Right. Like that's how I want to live my life with people. And so I'm like, ah, and, and I'm 28 by this time. It's 2014. And I'd never really moved because my parents weren't in great health. And I was like, it was easy to stay home and it was close. My friends and my family, my network, everything was there. And so I just was like, ah, fuck man. Like New York was always on the radar, but I just never, I, at this point I'm like, ah, I'm not willing to live in a studio apartment with 17 people and commute from like the Bronx to live, you know, to like live New York, right? I'm like, uh, okay. So I went to my boss at the recruiting agency and I said, look, man, I love working for you, but I hate this job. I also recognize I only give you about 5% of my day. I'm in the door at eight, I'm out the door at five. I don't do anything extra, but I'm just good enough to stick around and keep investing in that I might break out. Uh, I go, but here's the thing, I wanna move away. Uh, my solution is let me go move away and work remotely and I'll give up all the other shit and let's just see if this works out. And if it does, great, you got a better employee and I got to move away. And if it doesn't, you can stop wasting your money and I can stop wasting my time. And he goes, okay, tell me where you end up. Uh, shit, uh, I, I didn't think about the exit strategy. I just like came up <laughs> with song and dance in the moment. And it's like, now I'm like, I have to put my money out. Like there is no turning back, right? You can't go back mm -hmm. on that kind of shit. So I'm like, uh, and it's November. Uh, when I'm looking at moving. And so I'm like, I don't want to move somewhere brand new when it's cold as F. Like New York, Chicago, and Boston, 
that's like go f yourself cold like derek you're like that's flip-flop weather but like, <laughs> that's like go f yourself cold and i was kind of partying too much anyway and it was like a spot to where that wasn't i didn't want to go somewhere where i was just going to go hunker down and go drink right like mm -hmm. i was really trying to take the next step and i didn't know what the next step looked like but i knew it wasn't in portland and so i was like i'm gonna move to austin texas i went and visited my friends uh, a while back and it was cool and so it also was cool because one of my favorite coaches when I was a young trainer to follow was Joe DeFranco. And Joe happened to announce that, hey, I'm merging my gym with on it and I'm moving my operations to Austin, Texas. And I'm like, how serendipitous is that? One of my favorite coaches is moving to the city I want to move to. So I'm like doing everything to get in this place, emailing whoever. And that's why I ended up finally becoming the very first member of the gym because I was like, they're like, hey, when do you want to come in? I was like, 6 a.m., day one. And so, and, but that also allowed me to meet John Wolf, who is the chief fitness officer of Onnit. So I drive my ass to Texas and I gave up the training. So I really lost everything but just the base salary. And so like, I'm living on no money. I don't really have a lot of money saved up. I'm making house cleaner out of like, rubbing alcohol and peroxide and like the only thing i spent money on was the gym membership on it right because at least it would allow me to meet people and like do something i kind of like doing for months you know john and i just kind of bullshitted and i knew immediately as soon as i moved that that being down there was not the thing i wanted to do like i didn't want to be a recruiter it didn't have the allure like i do have to have a certain level of like appreciation for what i do and like self-pride and like, I didn't mind being recruiting, but like, it wasn't the thing where I was like, man, I'm a recruiter. And I felt just really dope about it. Like, I need to have that swag, right? Like, you need to have that about yourself where you just feel really good about what you do because you want to talk to people. Like, when you talk to someone who's just fired up about what they do, you're like, damn, like, what are you eating? What are you drinking? Sign me up for that. Give me a whatever that, right? And you're just like, just be on fire about that shit. And so, I mean, recruiting just wasn't it. And it was like, all right, it was a, it got me out of Portland. And so... John and I, were like, we talked and, and um, you know, I was looking at getting territory sporting good sales roles. Cause once again, I was like, all right, maybe this is the time to get into baseball and start making that move. But I refused to take the phone sales tickets. Like let's sell tickets. I don't, I'm like, I don't want to sell tickets. So I got to get into like other way in. And so, but I ended up doing, I was going to look at doing like uh, territory sporting goods to where you're selling like uniforms and tennis balls and basketballs. Like uh, you're doing all the high school college stuff from like bleachers to turf to whatever but they wanted me to move Dallas, Corpus Christi, El Paso. And I'm like, dude, I just got to Austin. I'll bring you Westlake High School, one of the biggest high schools in Austin, if you, if you bring me in. And they're like, eh. And I was like, all right, all right, fine. So then I went to John, I was like, hey, what would it look like if I came on to on it? And he goes, I don't know, pitch me something. And I was like, oh shit, all right. Mm -hmm. uh, which I appreciate him doing now because it forced us to have this conversation. And I was dedicated to kind of being in this territory role of traveling and like just being out and about. Like, I wanted to be at baseball tournaments, talking about gloves, you know, kind of thing. And so I was like, dude, I'm a trainer. Like, let me be a territory sales rep for on it. And I'll just travel around with these mace things and club. And I didn't use this stuff at the time. I was like these maces and clubs. And I'll just go to like CrossFit boxes and do demos and sell shit. And he's like, no. Like, All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I was like, well, you know, as a trainer, like I was really good at running the business. And so we started talking business and personality. And John is not the best communicator when it comes to frequent communication and digital communication. He's an amazing, if I'm in front of you, I'll hug you and I'll give you everything I got. But if it's Facebook and Instagram and email, like that's just not his strong suit. And it's one I do well in. And so he's like, oh, I can come, I can bring you on to help run communications for the certs. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. And we said I'd work there in February. I didn't come on board to work until May. And uh, rent was like 900 bucks and I had like $3,000 in my account. And I'm like, pension. Like, I'm like, <laughs> Thank God my parents came and visited for me like a week in the middle of it where it's like <laughs> saved my ass, 
right? And so I finally start working on it. And like, while I like the digital communication, like I'm good at frequent communication, I'm not the most like, you're gonna send me an email about something and it's not gonna be wrapped in a hug around like, oh, hope your day is going so well. The thing starts at 10 a.m., have a beautiful day. It's kind of like, it starts at 10 tomorrow. Like it's also on the website if you need to find it, right? And so some people don't like being communicated with hyper directly. And so, so I'm like, all right, I think it's better when people meet me. So then I was like, let me just start going to the seminars. Because when I got there, I wasn't there to be a coach. I wasn't there to be uh, in the front of the room or teach certs. It was just like, I'll just keep coming because at least it helps make the job easier. And we're on a team, like I'll help check people in. I'll help run, you know, do operations. And I went to like a year and a half. I went to every course for a month or every course a month for like a year and a half. So it was like 18 of these courses. And finally it was like, hey, you wanna go to DC and help teach this one. And so then I started helping teaching and then we started building out like six other courses. And then all of a sudden we're starting to bring our, like building our own education team and I'm meeting more people in the industry. And all of a sudden we start hosting a bunch of different certs and educators and influencers in the industry. Well, on my team, I was the one who was single and not with kids. So like I could pick them up from the airport. I could shuttle them around. I can take them to dinner. So all of a sudden I'm getting to like rub shoulders with like super like industry giants and like hang out with them and like get to chat with them. And then all of a sudden I get the opportunity to start traveling to conferences. And then all of a sudden I'm presenting at conferences. And then all of a sudden I'm presenting at workshops. And my, you know, all of a sudden my career starts growing because it was at first I was Sam and on it. And then all of a sudden it became Sam and on it come together. And I started building my own because in starting to be in the front of the room and teaching workshops and teaching uh, speaking at events, I also uh, had the opportunity to start training a guy named Jake Arietta. And Jake played for the Chicago Cubs when they won the World Series after a 108 year drought where he won a Cy Young Award, uh, a Cy Young Award which is the best pitcher in the league award. And uh, you know, uh, is you know, high accolades, ESPN the body issue and is incredibly high profile athlete. And also an athlete well known for being kind of gruff and being kind of like, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to do your thing. Right. And he's also well known for doing Pilates, not for lifting weights. And so all of a sudden, you know, a, a player for the Cubs, who's the mental skills director comes in to roll jujitsu it on it. Cause he loves Joe Rogan. And he was with the trap, the, the Cubs AAA team. And they were playing the round rock express. And he just came in a 10th planet to roll jujitsu. And Curtis Hembroff, a friend of mine and, and uh, you know, former Onnit employee, uh, texts me that night. He goes, hey, man, some baseball player just came to roll jiu-jitsu last night. And I was like, dope, who was it? He goes, I don't, I have no idea. And I was like, but all right, super cool. He called, he texted me that because I wouldn't have known otherwise <laughs> some random person comes in to do jiu-jitsu. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, John Baker. And John's got a Twitter. So then I start tweeting him. Hey, man, saw you came into Onnit. Really bummed I missed you. Would have loved to connect. So we start chatting. Then all of a sudden, like uh, I send him to Durability when it was in San Francisco when he lived out in NorCal and we just kind of like, stayed in touch. He comes back through and he's like, hey man, I'm coming back through Austin. Can we hang out? Yeah, man, for sure. So we train, we hang out and we just get to be friends. And he's like, dude, you should be training Arietta. He lives here in Austin. Here's his number. Uh, okay, right? Like, and as the childhood baseball fan, like I'm like, it's already cool that John played 12 years in major league baseball, but like now you're here like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, so then I'm like, Hey man, John put us in touch. Like I'm actually going to be in Chicago in a couple weeks. If you just want to meet up for lunch. He's like, yeah, dope. Cool. You want to, let's go here. Okay. Right. <laughs> so we go to lunch in Chicago uh, and, and you know, we go see a game at Wrigley, which was the first time I was there. And then all of a sudden, like, all right, go back to work, doing the thing normal and baseball players are super in their own thing. And I'm like, man, if I don't get this guy in before like January one, he's not going to want to start a new process before baseball season starts, right? Like there's no hope of me getting to train it. So I pressed him to like, Hey, let's get together before the new year. And he was like, Oh, maybe I, you know, he was after, but like, 
Uh, normally I used to go home for Christmas and New Year's. And then this year I was like, oh, I think I have a chance to do this. So I'm gonna come home right after Christmas. I was like, dude, how about like right after the 27th, let's just get together. Cause I, you know, I said I had plans. So he's like, dope. So we got in together. We got one in before the new year. And then next thing you know, uh, we're training every day, six days a week uh, at on it. And like just starting to become friends and getting to know each other. And then that off season, I went out and saw him three times throughout the country and got to hang out with him, hang out in the clubhouse. And like, I'm texting my childhood baseball buddies being like, dude, I'm in the Phillies clubhouse right now. And they're like, <laughs> what are you doing? Right. And just like wild shit. Well, and this was super cool. Then year two comes around and we get closer and, and Jake's become one of my closest friends and, and someone I respect so much. Uh, and John and I are come, become really close. And it's now at this point where it's like, oh, like this guy's really well respected in other areas right, with other sports. Like he signed, uh, he was a free agent when we um, started training together. So he signed a big free agent contract, three years over $75 million deal. And so like all the football players like recognized his accolades were like, bro, so cool. And it was like, wow, it was amazing to watch other sports interact with different athletes, but Jake and himself offered me different allure inside of baseball to where other baseball players and agents started hitting me up because they knew I worked with him. And then Eric Cressy and I, who's the baseball guy in strength conditioning and I started developing a relationship. And it was like, whoa, look at this amazing thing that's happening. Well, I finally, you know, after another year uh, at Onnit and, and, you know, at Onnit, I oversaw, I moved into a more biz dev role and saw, oversaw strategic partnerships bringing in a partnership with my girl, Sayla, uh, with, with Exos, which is the biggest provider in sports performance, Gold's Gym, uh, and UCLA football, and then obviously with Jake. And so I was in a role where I was allowed to travel the country whenever I wanted, where I wanted to pursue and push on it. And it was like, whoa, I just, I mean, it was Magic Kingdom. At the time, we're on it at its magic surge, where, because I was employee 42 when we were at 30 million and left when we were like 200 employees at 90 million. Right, so I was there and in a very forward-facing way. So I got to meet a lot of people because at what point, who doesn't want to have a conversation or who can't I get a lunch with when your title's director of strategic partnerships on it, right? Like I'm sitting down to lunch with people in the NFLPA, right? Like executives and at Nike. And it's like, wow, okay. And so this becomes this wild journey. And so flash forward, I get this amazing opportunity at True Coach where I am now, where I oversee the marketing and brand strategy for a digital app. Uh, that is software for personal trainers to deliver online personal training at scale. Uh, and so I came on board as the VP of brand. But in between moving from Austin to Boulder, where I live now and where I'm sitting, I went to spring training with him, uh, with Jake, before I moved out to Colorado. And uh, we're walking off the field and we're getting ready to go ride jet skis and, and uh, do some like deep sea fishing. And I'm watching this and like, mind you, like Hall of Fame pitchers and the GM, like and the coach are coming up, shaking my hand, like, hey, good to see you again. Nice to have you around. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And we're leaving and I'm like watching the team. Like I'm watching people who would be like me. They're like writing articles and they're like taking pictures. And I'm like, damn, let's say I worked for the Phillies and I worked, I was the chief of marketing for the Phillies. That would be dope, right? Uh, it would be a really cool job, but that is not near as cool as leaving with him right now to go fishing and ride jet skis and you know like this dude's like my brother he's like my family right and like i appreciate his family embraces me to where it's like no man this is so much cooler than the job you dreamt of when you were 12 like you already did it right and so then i get to come to true coach and we got to go from a 2 million to a 4.9 million dollar company we just got purchased by an equity firm by at a 9x rate at 36 million dollars right and we grew 82% last year and I get to hang my hat with my team and everybody at True Coach, right? Like we got to grow the shit out of this company. So not only did I get to be there a part of the on it wave and have so many amazing people and connections, 
get to show up to True Coach and be instrumental in this company's growth and the next step that they go and become, as well as open the door into like tech. And my biggest fear leaving on it was that like all these amazing calls I just magically got would leave. And then all of a sudden they just started increasing. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, I, like so now I'm in a spot to where I'm, my buddy John Baker, back to John, He's the mental skills director for the Cubs, right? So we're getting ready to start a retreat for professional athletes to attend after they finish playing to help reestablish their identity. And now as I say that to people, I'm like, it's not even that that's a dream thing I want to go do. It's like, no, that's a realistic thing. I know how to do it. We know how to do it. We have the resources. We have the funnel of that. And it's like, that's going to be your job someday, right? You're like, what? What? This is what you get to do, right? Like, you know, Earl Thomas from the Seahawks. I'm a Seahawks fan. I grew up in Washington. I was texting my mom. I was like, hey, I'm going to go to Earl Thomas's house for dinner tonight. She's like, what? Like the guy we're watching on TV? I was like, yeah. She goes, what are you doing? Who are you? And I'm just like, I don't know, right? So it's just been this amazing fucking ride. I'm so appreciative that I have so many amazing people in my corner. I've gotten to experience great things. You know, I've gotten to check things off. And so I want to bring it back to the original thing in that, you know, in order for me to share and help people the best way I can, I also had to go through my own journey, right? I also had to ascend to where my next, where I can maximally get to where I can, my highest potential, so that way I can start helping. And we're allowed to get off the, the ride at any point in time. That just means that we're going to start on a new journey, right? So you want to help as many people as along the way as you can, and you want to show them that you are there to be that service and you want to provide that. But sometimes service is just through your actions, right? Like, it's okay. Like, I can't have a phone call with you every day, but like, I hope I can inspire you through my actions and consistency to see that like, hey, this is what you want to become and embody. And that's what's great about things like Instagram is we can do those kind of things. So I want to, I want to serve people. I want to help them get this because I, man, I should be, you know, and I think it's super pertinent during the times, like I should be living on the street in Korea, maybe. And instead I, sure, I grew up and, and I'm very, I, I definitely have benefited from white privilege, right? And I went to college and I have white parents and, uh, but like now it's like, oh man, I want to go be that beacon for like, I'm on a podcast tomorrow. This kid's like, dude, that's really cool to see like another Korean in fitness, like doing really cool shit. And I don't even think about that because I grew up like in a really white town. Like it's just, I don't have that cultural like tie. I recognize that uh, it's difficult though. Like there aren't as many, you know, in whatever case. And so um I want to show people that like, what can I, look what I can do. Look what a small town kid from a, you know, tiny ass town can go do with a couple shots and some people who believe in him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I love when my buddies from home were like, dude, you work for on it. Dope. Right. Like that was really cool to start getting. Uh, and so now it's like, okay, I want to inspire you to do the same thing. And I want to start now. It's like, you know, I also have to remember, I come from being the last guy on the bench. And so now I'm in a spot in my career where it's time for me to start sharing like, Hey, here's what I can do to give to you. I haven't felt that in a long time. I haven't felt like I was worthy to share. I always felt like, no man, come on. Like if I'm up here, you should be with me. Let's go. Right. Like I very much have a let's go attitude. And uh, now it's time to want to start giving that and sharing that, motivating people, inspiring people to do it. Um, and so now it's like, I've got to live through the work chapter. I've gotten to live through the like, all right, you got your ass kicked chapter. And then there was another, like get to on it. And it was like, here's this gift. Here's this opportunity. It's time to go. Like, put your foot down. I mean, I worked 42 weekends a year every year. I worked on it, right? 40 weeks, you know, four years in a row, right? Traveling 67 times in one year before October, my biggest year. And then 40 times about the other three years, you know? And it's like, no, I have this opportunity. I want people to look at me and say, you know what? I recognize he gets an opportunity by, by luck and happen to be on it at the right time. But I don't want anybody looking at me and saying he doesn't deserve anything. He just works his ass off. Like he is like everything, right? So I want other people to be like, no, I want to light. And so sometimes I come, 
I want to be very caring, but like, I also come in a, I want to confront you a little bit. Like, I want to challenge you. Like, do you really want this? Right. So when this go for your win, like, Hey man, if you're really sick of where you're at, like, are you really sick of it? Cause if you are take one step, what moves the needle forward? Is it listening to this podcast? Is it reading that book? Is it sharpening your blade? Is it meeting a mentor? Whatever that is, like take that next step and be inspired by that. I recognize that not my energy is not right for everybody, but I hope it like grabs people and is like, Hey, let's go. I want you to, I want you to do that too. And it's there because I didn't come from like parents who had fancy MBAs that have a stack of contacts, right? It's just been through timing and meeting people. And I truly believe that being a good networker is really the, one of the best things you can do in life because you're not going to be good at a lot of fucking things in your life. You better know someone who is really good at it or you're going to have to be willing to pay for it because someone else is really good at it, right? And so being a good networker just isn't about how many people you know. It's about how often your name comes up in other people's conversations. You want other people being like, you know who you should fucking talk to? Sam or Derek, right? Like that's, a, you know, that's someone you just want to go for, right? And you want to be that because all of a sudden you start getting in those conversations, those cobwebs. Additionally, you start being like, you know who you should meet? You should meet Derek. This, you know, and he's just like, and it becomes, a, and all of a sudden, now you're the cobweb for a bunch of other people. And now all of a sudden you have this amazing group of people that you, that you know that you can tap on like, hey, I don't know anything about that, but you know what? I know they're really good at it. Can you teach me about that? Can you help me with this? Can I share this with you? And all of a sudden you have people who want to help. They want to share, they want to be involved, right? They weren't buying you know, into me because they think that I'm going to give them the top promised land, but I do want to fire you up enough to be like, damn, I hope that someday he brings it, right? Like I, someday, I, you know, I want to be one of those phone calls where you're like, you're the guy for this. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, okay, I was, I, you're, you're right. I am the guy with the winning lottery ticket. Thank you so much. I'm happy to come cash that in, right? Like I, wouldn't, I want to be that guy to that person too. I want to be that point guard that dishes that up. So, you know, it's really, it's really cool to come on and be and do these kind of um, stories and share this because, um, you know, I, I don't want to rub it in people's face. I got to do a lot of cool shit. I want it to come from a very like, I, I don't deserve it right? Like very much like, you know, I don't go really heavy into looking at it because it doesn't do me any good to think about what should have been. But I do very much appreciate that like, damn, like growing up on the street fighting for some meals, like has a whole different spin to it than, you know, living in Boulder, Colorado, having a dope ass job, right? Traveling the world, getting to do, being asked to do podcasts and just share what I've done. So, uh, you know, really honored to be here guys and, and pumped just to have this and go through this. That was a really amazing story and you have done a lot of things um, and I loved the, in the beginning you talked about and you touched on it again, um, how life is like chapters in a book, right? And, and some of those chapters are going to be shitty and some of those chapters are going to be amazing and you would not be able to feel how truly amazing those higher points of your life were without those lower points. And um, it's, it's really important to, in, in my, in my experience of this, I, I could resonate a lot with what you're saying. I'm only 24, so I don't have as much, um, experience under my belt, but I did resonate with a lot. And when you are able to find gratitude during those shitty points of your life, because you know, that you're growing through it, you're learning stuff through it, you are going to be able to feel so much better when you get to the other side and proud of yourself and confident in yourself and powerful. Um, finding that gratitude during those hardships is what helps you get through it in, with so much more grace. And learning, knowing that 
no matter what happens, no matter what path you take, like you're going to hit the low points. If you haven't hit low points in your life, that is going to happen. <laughs> and learning how to, as you said, just take the leap, no matter what, if you want to do something for your life, like you don't want to be on your dying bed and thinking, I wish I did this. I wish I did this. And every person in this world is supported. It, it as you said, like it would be very hard for you to end up like not being able to survive. You know what I mean? Like we, we are able to survive and you will never know what you're capable of if you don't take that leap of faith and without knowing that, you know, there's a safety net underneath you. There usually is, but like the universe rewards you when you take that leap without knowing that that's there, because that's you having faith in yourself, courage and faith in the universe that, that it's all working out for you in perfect timing. And another thing that a lot of people in the course that we're in deal with and just in general is not taking action because you know, they don't know what the next step is. They have this vision. We, we talked about the mission and you said like your mission's evolving, right? My mission is probably not going to be the same as it is right now in five years or even in another year. So, so knowing that, you know, that changes and that all you can really worry about is what's in front of you right now. And just taking that step to propel you forward, even if it's in like taking this certain job so that you can survive right now because of what's going on in the world. Like, yeah. like you, you're going to learn something from that, whether it's patience or whatever, like you take skills from every single thing that you try. So you have to push yourself to try things, even though you might not like, it's not your dream job yet. You know what I mean? People think that yeah. they have to just have that next step, jump into that dream job to leave their comfortability and, and that's just not realistic. And, um, I, I think a lot of things that you talked about, you know, we're, we're kind of unreasonable, unrealistic, right? We've been taught like be logical, pay mm -hmm. attention to what is safe and all of that. But like, how are you ever going to accomplish your dreams if you don't like trust in yourself, take risks, fail a lot because failing is where you learn the most. You don't learn that much when you're winning all the time, you know? Um, so I think that was just a really beautiful kind of showing people how many things you had to try to get to where you are. Of course it's luck, but it's the, in my mind, divine timing to get you to where you can be so that you can share this message with everybody because everybody has this opportunity. You just have to have the courage to, put yourself in those situations because if you had never left your hometown, David, you never had that conversation with John, all of these things, like none of this would have happened. You have to take those initial steps that might not even feel, you know, like the smartest idea, but you know, in your heart, you know that your, your body's being pulled to that. And that's why you, you listen to your body the whole time and look at where you are now. And that's how I feel too. Like I, I studied mechanical engineering, did not like that at all. Lasted one year in that. And before my body was literally like, like my whole being was like contracting in that cubicle. Yeah. And, and 
as I started dreaming and visualizing like, what kind of life do I want to live? Literally the job manifested for myself. I worked for a corrective exercise startup called move you for a while. And oh, um, I know them really well. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. met. We've met me and you. Yeah. Cause I did a podcast with Mike and Andrew. Uh, what? God, yeah. <laughs> you would, I think you were just starting. Yeah. This is like end of 2018. Oh my yeah. God, I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. What the <laughs> heck? See, yeah. very much like, oh, there it is now. Like, but if you yeah. don't remember, so like, oh, okay. Now that That's yeah. so funny. No, yeah, I remember the Onnit guys coming. Oh my God, my brain oh. is just, wow. But yeah, so anyways, that job, like I wanted to live in San Diego. I wanted to like have this freedom of like working from home most of the time and all that. And the more that I concentrated on creating that life for myself, I manifested that job and it's of course it's not like you think of something and it happens for you you have to take the action to get yourself in that situation um but you have to believe that like this this is what you want this is what the universe has in store for you and then follow those those steps follow your body follow your intuition and and know that even though it's fucking scary you know leaving that stability leaving the you know smart engineering like identity um it's it's just so rewarding when you you start building that evidence that you can trust yourself right you you can you can listen to all these people um saying like what is smart what is good blah 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 and it's like you know in your heart what is right for you and learning how to build evidence to trust yourself on that is so crucial and as you went through your journey it was just over and over you're just like how is this happening to me where am i and that's how i feel too i'm like how am i on this podcast right now with somebody that i met like what even i don't even know how that just happened that's crazy <laughs> oh so random but amazing amazing story thank you thank you it's been uh it doesn't always feel like it for sure yeah right like it's really hard to look zoom out and look big picture and uh, you know, you're able to do that. Like I'm able to do that now with the last challenge I went through. I was able to like, okay, this is what the universe is putting in front of you to get, learn how to manage and learn how to get good at. Obviously it's one that you're not good at. So here's the opportunity, mm -hmm. uh, which had made sense. Cause I'd been reading a lot about mindfulness and, you know, going through more meditation and not being as reactive as a person and, and also like not rising and just like, because I have a big personality, like just anchoring on that and being like, you want to come at me? Like, I'll make you feel this big because I promise you, you're not as good as this as I am. <laughs> right. Like I did a podcast recently with my buddies at OPEX and he looks at me, he goes, you ready? He goes, I don't know why I asked you that. You're the only person I know that doesn't even need prep time that just turn the camera on. You'll just start talking. Right. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like, I do like three to five podcasts a day. Um, with people. Yeah. So I'm just like, yep, just do it. Come do it. I like it. So <laughs> That's so cool. All right. Derek, you're muted. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm back. Yeah. So um through all through all these adventures and journeys you've been on, Sam, um fear undoubtedly has come up. And I, that's the number one thing that holds people back from going for their win. Um so Sam, a few questions. Could you define what going for your win means to you and how have you overcome fear on your path of doing just that? You know, I think going for your win for me is, am I doing something to move the needle forward every day? 
I recognize that not every day is going to be the day that I have the most magical thought and the most magical idea that I've ever had. And it's going to want to make me quit my job and do the thing, right? Or whatever that is. Um, but I also recognize that there's times in life that, um, you know, you have to assess like, okay, if we sat and if everybody sat here looking at this, listening to this right now goes, okay, what do I really want? Where am I at right now? In order to get there, what's needed? What's the first step? Do I need to meet a mentor to help build the map for me? Do I need to sharpen a skill? Do I need to um, develop a network? Do I need to go um, get some reps in? Do I just need to get better at the thing I'm already doing? Do I need to go deep down the hole in something first, right? And it's really hard to want to say like, this is where I'm at and, this, and confront that. And I think that self-awareness is key for us to say, I don't have all the things to be there because if I did, I would be there. Because uh, not everybody walks into luck, right? It'd be great if we did, but like for a lot of people, and I and I do content, mostly business content around personal trainers helping them build their businesses. Well, the thing that help, holds most trainers back is that they're really bad or scared or nervous or fearful of talking to people, asking for the sale, right? Like I am worth this much money. Would you like to spend this much time with me? Like that's really hard for them to overcome. And so it's like, all right, Derek, if you want to, you can't sit here and tell me on one hand that like, man, I have this mission. I really want to help people. And then no one wants to buy mine. The guy down the street's a crock of shit and people are buying him. No one's buying mine. It's way better. But it's like, well, you, that means you've got to learn how to sell, right? So if you love this so much that you want to help people, are you willing to confront the thing that you're scared of the most, right? You may not be ready to go take a sales course today, but what can you do to move the needle forward to get there, right? Maybe you got to go through some self-organization. Maybe you got to start getting some dead weight out of your life. Maybe you got to like, man, you know what? Like, I just need to get happy for a second. I need to like chill and I need to like get some, uh, you know, I need to give up some bad things or I need to work on my time. What You might need to just do one thing, right? For some people that might be drinking more water, right? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're trying to get fit, play a sport, run a business, be good at your job, be a good husband, be a good wife, be a good spouse, be a good friend, is that it comes down to management of self-discipline and our ability to say, hey, I am going to make sure that gets done. And that also happens with ourselves, right? Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy this burger right now because I'm gonna have a salad tomorrow. I'm gonna go on a walk because it makes my body feel good. I'm not gonna watch as much Netflix because I want to get better at this thing or I wanna learn more about um, psychology. I want to learn more about sales. I want to learn more about fitness. What am I doing to put myself in an opportunities to succeed? And so I have a full thing now that I'm kind of flushing through, uh, because, you know, you brought up the idea of around failure and I was at a speaking at an event one day and I had someone say, heard, heard them say that they don't like to start new things because they're afraid they're going to fail. And I was like, what, what? And they're like, yeah, man, it really holds me back. And I was like, wait, hold on. You're fearing you're going to fail the thing before you start the thing. And everybody just looks at me and gives me this, like, are you a moron look? And I'm like, they're like, do you not have this attitude? I was like, no. Right. Like I walk into every single room. I go, do I want to be the center of attention or not? Right. Like I have that kind of personality that can do that. Right. And so like, I never think that like the thing has to be the thing. Like there is no perfection. So I have a thing that I call like hurry up and fail because you know what? Like I thought for a long time, like fitness break room, was gonna be a big media channel. I was gonna do content for people and like it's gonna be this massive hub. Well, as like I start pursuing it and going down it and doing the podcast and really enjoying it, I'm getting like, eh, that's not really the thing. But you know what? It taught me these skills and it started making me think this way and it got me to, to hear. I'm also an external validator with my thoughts. Like, all right, if I throw this idea out in the universe, 
I don't give a shit if you tell me it's stupid or it's not the thing because it allowed me to hear it out loud and maybe you go, okay, that wasn't the thing, but it gave me this. Dope, cool, let's run with that. Like, I don't care. You probably have great perspective, right? And then all of a sudden it's like, I, there is no, like, I, I don't come from a very like planning type person. Um, I, behind me, you can see like a Kanban to do, doing done. This is a really hard thing <laughs> for me to do is plan. Because uh, I'm very much like off the cuff and wing it. And that's gotten me by for a lot of years because here's the thing. If you want to plan shit, you also probably don't like when things go wrong. And guess what? Things are always going to go wrong, right? Like you, <laughs> without a doubt, right? Like you think it's going to go well? No, it's going to take a big old fat shit on you, right? Like I've been to 45 weddings since college. And like, yeah, the centerpiece is not going to be the thing. Like, and I, that's my advice to everyone. I go, you won't give a shit about if it's rocks or pebbles in the centerpiece. You won't care if the candles went out halfway through. You won't, you know what I mean? Like that, because it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, is, is me being a media personality going to be the thing? No, but like, that was fun to do. And that got me over here. So stop worrying about the thing and worry about doing something that makes you move forward. Because, and John Wolf said this in a meeting that just like, I love it perspective only comes at a cost of time, energy, money, and pain. In order to change the pattern, in order to change the process, you got to gain new perspective. Sometimes that perspective is like rock bottom or like getting your ass beat or losing some money or going through heartbreak or right. Like that's, Oh, that is the only way we start thinking different because the only way we actually start changing is we have to get sick and fucking tired of being where we are right? Like, and you have to get so pissed off about the comfort that you don't even like the comfort of it anymore, that it's not even worth it, right? The, the fear of the unknown is less scary than the, the shit that's just here. And I very much like, I, I have a thing with regret. And there's one thing I really incredibly regret in all of my life. And that's not studying abroad in college because I wasn't a good student. So you don't get to go study abroad. One, I also had the idea around, like, I don't want to miss a year of college here. Like, this is what's fun. Like, you know, because I didn't have the travel bug because like we traveled, we road tripped and shit like when I was a kid, but like didn't do like the international travel thing. Right. So it wasn't a thing that was like on my radar or something I was really thinking about. And then I was like, yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing. It's not that I can't go live in Spain for six months now as a 33 year old, but when you're 21 living in Spain, the life that you want to live is not the life you want to live at 33. Yeah, <laughs> 21, you're down to stay in a hostel with 17 people and stay up all night and just run around and not sleep. At 33, like, nah, I want to go to bed. I want to have a nice <laughs> room to go into. I want to shower, <laughs> right? Like, I'm a bougie ass bitch about it now, right? Like, and, but like, also like, man, I appreciate that. Like, we were like, dude, I just ended up in a train in Amsterdam and it's Tuesday, right? Like, I just, you know, and like, and at 21, you want that. At 31, I don't want, or 33, I don't want that. But like, so it's like, oh, damn, I'm bummed I don't have that experience. So now for me, everything is around like, no, I at least want to know enough to where I can say, no, I don't want to go down further with that, right? Like, all right, I dipped my toe in. Let me see if it's what, what I really think about it. And maybe it's like, now that's something I'm never going to choose to invest enough time in that I'm going to always have to hire out, right? Or it's something to where it's like, all right, I can get better at that, right? Maybe it's like, I just need to get better at it enough to where I can have a conversation with a professional in a good way, or maybe it's, I want to get better at it. And it becomes my thing. I think inherently when we're starting to look at behavior change and we're starting to look at fear, we have to find the thing that makes us tick. And I know that sounds so fucking cliche and find your passion and go for your, you know, it does, and it's hard because the amount of times I've heard someone say, yeah, but I don't know what my thing is. And for some people, a, lo a lot of people, their thing is they love the process. They, they love just going down the hole of like getting really fucking good at yoga or 
journaling or uh, baseball or like, and it just became like, oh, enough of their like dopamine, serotonin, you know, everything just came together that like, I'm good at this thing. I get enough fulfillment from recognition from my peers and respect and I make money, right? Cause that's the American dream, right? Is to make money doing the thing you love. And it becomes the like, what's the thing you love? Well, it starts off for a lot of people, it becomes things like sports. And then it's like, eh, it wasn't, you know, most people that's not a realistic dream. And then you get in the workforce and it's like, oh, I don't really know what my thing is. But then you got to start looking at like, what are other things that I really enjoy doing? Or what would be the thing I would do if I could? And it's like, man, maybe I, I would love to start a podcast. Well, then it turns into like, what's it take to start a podcast? And just start going down it. Just because you start researching or just because maybe you do a couple episodes, right? I get asked a lot because I have one. And so I'll just say, hey, record like four or five shows on Zoom and just record it and just see what you got. Like send it to an audit, like a rev transcriber. And uh, now you can have like, uh, you can see in like an actual written, like, oh, here's what I kind of talk about. Dope. And maybe that's easier for you to digest. Or if you want to re-listen to yourself, most people don't. Um, but like test it. Who cares if it's your thing? If like, like I have no problem saying like right now, fitness break room is down because I have, I'm putting all my time in a true coach. I do similar content. Um, I tried to get it up and going and I couldn't support it. And it's like, yeah, I'm okay with saying like, sure, true, you know, fitness break room. And it might come up again. Uh, it might be the thing. But like, damn, it got me the job at True Coach because it showed people I can make content. And you know what? It was a cool way to meet people because the show was stemmed around telling people stories. Tell me how you lived in your gym for three years and slept on the floor in a sleeping bag with a mini fridge and a ninja blender because you couldn't afford rent in an apartment and a gym. Tell me how you were homeless after being strung out on drugs and that you were using 24-hour fitness to shower. And that's why you opened a gym right? Tell me how you overcame your binge eating disorders and you care so much about helping people who uh, really give a shit, like who struggle with that because no one told you that it doesn't matter. Your thing is helping that person, right? Now that becomes like, I need to build, I need to learn digital marketing because that's how I can build an online offering because it's important for me to live remote and I want to help this person. So what reps do I need to do to go help that person? Well, I need to go learn how to coach people. So maybe I should go get a job as a personal trainer for a little bit. Maybe I should go be trained by someone so I know what to expect. Maybe I should go take some courses. What blogs should I read? Who's doing it really well right now? Who's, who don't I like from that group? Why don't I like them? Who do I really like? Where do I see myself in this fixture? And then as we start looking at the hero's journey, we start looking at, all right, we, what shit have I been through that allows me to help that person. And I think all humans have an, some sort of level of, of servitude that we all want to fulfill. And we all want to be good enough at something that where people recognize us for our talents and see us for what we can do, not for who we are. That that's what we're, that's what we're inevitably searching for. That like, well, I'm not known for being the best cook. I'm not known for being the best sewer, right? That it turns into like, well, go try more things and maybe you'll find your thing, right? Like, I could have been the best motherfucking badminton player in the world, but I grew up in Kelso, Washington. So I grew up playing baseball and Taekwondo and basketball and, you know, I didn't grow up playing table tennis and badminton like I would have, you know, but who would have known, right? Uh, I would, you know, I wish I could have said it would have been like swimming, but like, you know, I'm built like a South Park character. There's no chance of me being a swimmer like Michael Phelps. But like, you know, badminton could be realistic, right? So where it's like, oh, but you just never know, right? I would have, like, I remember watching an episode of Howard Stern with my cousin. And being like, people just watch this dude talk? Like, what? How boring is this? I don't know, like 10, right? And I also don't, like, I'm not in the zone for Howard Stern. And now it's like, I have a podcast. I sit on this and I talk and people watch me talk. And it's like, wow, that's a thing, right? And to watch like, oh, wow, look at, because of the way I grew up where I was having to interact and I have this personality, like, it lends itself to doing this kind of shit really well. Like, mm -hmm. yep, I can turn the camera on and I can be on camera. And like, you look at like the news anchors of the world, like they make a shitload of money because it's really hard to be live on TV and do really well and read the teleprompter and look engaging and be friendly, right? Like 
most people like being on camera is hard. I think the Zoom thing has made people really nervous about it because you're like, you're in my fucking home. Uh, like, <laughs> I gotta be, you gotta see my face. Like, when you say something dumb, I can't be like, bro, how fucking dumb are you? Right? Like, you gotta be like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. Right? Like, so, you know, but go through and just go try the things. Maybe you wanna try making beer. All right, don't go buy all this stuff. Go find a buddy that, hey, you wanna go try making beer? Yeah, cool. Uh, you, you know what? Like, that's more work than I really care to do. Making beer is not my thing. Great. Uh, go read a book that, of a type of thing you've never done before. Watch a show you've never done before. Listen to an interview. Go do an activity that scares, like, yeah, I've never rock climbed before. Uh, I'll go do it. I am not good at it. It was fun. I don't have a desire to do it a lot because I'm fucking heavy. And it's like, oh, this is, who does this? You gotta be like a hundred less than <laughs> right? Like, Jesus, I got an anchor hanging on my ass. So, but it's like, oh, I, like, it, it was fun. Like, I like knowing personally, because I was never great at anything that I just want to be able to like jump in and do it. Like, cause I want to be included, right? I'm so used to just being included that like, I don't have to be the best mover, but I can go hang out with the mobility people. I'm not the strongest dude in the room, but I can go hang out with the weightlifters. You know, like, I just want to come hang and can I just come in and do it? And that's my thing. But like, I was really insecure for a while around like, man, I don't have that thing where I wake up and I think about fishing every day. I can't stop looking about fishing. I can't, th you know what? And like, I have a thing. And my friend Jalen, she looks at me, she goes, dude, your thing is kind of just doing a lot of shit. Like you've done a lot of shit. And like, you know, even I didn't say it earlier, but like my goal in college was to work in every industry, manufacturing, restaurants, retail, nonprofit, sports marketing, right? So when I got out of college, I had all this job experience to where it's like, I've already worked the bottom line, like hire me, right? Like, and so like you think about every time you start a new job, new employees, get to know the culture, hang out with people, like you do that. Like I used to in college, I would go get interviews just for fun to see if I could get the job. Right, like, eh, I don't want it. Thanks. <laughs> like, just to know, and it would be like retail job or whatever, but I'm like, it's just good experience, right? Because I like it. I'm like, oh, let me play the game. So, for a lot of people, when you're looking at fear, don't worry, but don't look at it as fear. Just try the thing. If you don't like it, at least now you got to choose you don't like it. And if you do try it for a while, I tell you what, here's the thing I look at it like, we got to learn skills. There's things that we have to learn. And right now, like, communication is probably one of those things that a lot of people would probably struggling that they, oh shit, I gotta go learn how to do that, right? But we have to go through the thing and we have to learn how to manage it. And we don't really have a choice in it and that sucks. But as soon as we confront that and say like, all right, building this skill is gonna, and for me it's organization, is going to unlock a whole nother room of shit you can't do, right? Like I get away with a lot cause I'm 33 and single and I can work from 4 a.m. to however long, I have no distractions, I have no, you know, like I get an eight hour extra day over someone with kids. And so it's like, oh, cool, great. And I'm good at just being self-motivated to do shit. But what if I started getting good at like being good with my time and blocking and everything got its time. Also learning how to start blocking in. I'm going through some stress and some sleep issues right now to where I learn how to turn off to where I learn how to can like, oh, I can like be done by 4 p.m. and feel good about all the shit I put into it, right? So that's been mine. And it's just been like, oh, it goes through a million fucking iterations. I have all these poster boards all over my house of projects and ideas and things I'm trying to work on. And so don't worry about it being like, I don't know, this may not be the thing. Like, I don't, I didn't like doing hour by hour. I'm working on it, but like, all right, let's try the next thing. Because I know that getting better with my time is the thing, right? That I have to do. Mm -hmm. So it's not fear. It's just trying shit. And you know what? Jumping in and trying shit when you're brand new, everybody's going to suck. You're never going to be good at shit. A few people are good at shit from like, oh, I don't know why I'm good at this. Right. But most people are not good at things when they start. So here's the thing. We all got to take a punch to the face at some point through it, through that journey. Punches in the early rounds hurt way less than in the 12th round. You come in that game where like, oh shit, I got a lot riding on me learning that skill. Well, you learning that fucking skill is going to, oh, that's painful. Versus like, 
all right, like that's an area I'm not very good at. I should probably go get better at that, right? May not put all my attention into it. Let me just try it for a little bit, right? So it's just trying new things and being willing to try and who cares if you're bad at it. And here's the thing, the person that's gonna talk shit is the person that's going, yeah, that's because I'm saying that because I'm not doing it and you're at least trying it. So I might as well make you feel bad for making me feel bad for not doing it, right? Go for it, right? Because like, you start meeting the right people and building the people, a network of people who support you as a human, right? And get excited about what you bring to the table and you start going and acquiring skills, right? Like I came into it from just being a good talking person to like, okay, I went to school and then I learned sales and I learned a skill like in personal training and fitness. And then I got to use that to leverage me into a different skill and using the two skills together of business development, going out and meeting people and networking. And then it's like, oh, well, like, I think I'm a marketer. I really want to be a marketer. Uh, here's how I'm proving I'm doing it. Like someone gave me a shot. Okay, here we go. Oh shit, it did it, right? Like, and to where it's like, okay, now it's like, I proved to myself I can do these things. Now, how do I want to see it show up, right? So sometimes, and let's go back to the chapter thing. Like sometimes you got to look at like right now, this is the sharpening my blade chapter. I'm going to eat some shit over here, but I, you know what? Like this is getting better over here. And some, all right, like now this is okay. Now I'm going to work on this thing, right? Take it. That's why I say move the needle forward. Sometimes I don't feel like writing. Sometimes I don't feel like doing that, working on that thing, or I have no, uh, I'm stressed out. So you know what? Like, oh, fuck, I need to reorganize this box of cables. Shit, I'll just do that, right? Because that's more productive than me sitting on my ass doing nothing. And at least, and a lot of times I'll watch something, like I'll watch a podcast or I'll listen to something, and I get triggered by things I hear and see. I'll go for a walk, and something will make me think of something that clearly my mind is chewing on, and then all of a sudden, oh, okay. And that's the thing. And all that it took was me walking away from the thing or me doing something different. Or, and so the idea of just do something else that's productive. Don't, do, don't fall into comfort. Don't do the thing that you hate, like watching, for me, it's watching TV, right? Like I hate the idea of me sitting and watching TV, but I also love TV in that like I live alone like I, and I'm super extroverted. I like the idea of people, it sounds like people are here, but I don't have to interact. So that's why we like TV. Like it gives us the idea of camaraderie without having to do the physical interaction part. So it's like, oh, and I like watching things I've seen before. I always has as a kid. Like I like watching new movies, but I'd rather have something on I've seen a million times so I don't have to pay attention, right? It's just like, oh yeah, that was funny. And like, I can just go back to what I'm doing. But then all of a sudden, like when you're gassed out and tired or you're emotionally burned out and all of a sudden I'm like watching it or I'm scrolling social media doing nothing. I'm like, that's moving you nowhere. What the fuck are you doing? Right? So go do one thing that moves it forward. And so that's why I kind of just say like, hurry up and fail. I'd rather figure out the things I, gr I definitely don't want to go down and do, right? I tried building my own website a couple of times. Like, oh God, that's hard. Uh, nope, I'm just going to pay to have that done. I could build it if I sat and chose to do it, but nope, I've done it enough to know that the pain of me learning how to do it is greater than the pain of me paying to pay to have it done, right? Because I'm going to choose to go build skill sets up in other areas, right? Because someone else already does that thing really well, right? I had to spin a blog up for True Coach. I'm not a great writer. I have an amazing copywriter in Gina Florio, who used to run the Pop Sugar Fitness blog. Uh, and now uh, she does like PR and runs in management for Candace Owens, who's a, a political entity. And she's just an amazing fucking human. And it's like, sure, I could go get good at writing. Like I could go deep down writing and learn how to get really good. But she does better, she can write better than me, hungover, drunk, in the worst mood possible that I could ever write in my best, you know what I mean? Like my, so it's like, eh, no, I, you know, she's a great person I have in my corner. Right here, I'd rather just like, you know, and I had to earn the ability to be able to pay her, right? Because you have to like, oh, I can't pay you yet. So I have to earn that resource. Um, but like, yeah, it's way better just to have her do the thing because you do it so well. So let me go work on the thing I do well. And it's kind of Gary V uh, and like do the thing you do really well. But like, I also want to learn enough to where I can talk to the person that has their thing well. 
you know, when we started Fitness Breakroom, my, my partner, Jessica, she's a digital marketer. And I took a digital marketing course on like Udemy. And she goes, what are you doing taking that? Like, that's kind of the thing I'd bring to the table. And I was like, yeah, but I need to have a better conversation with you other than the doohickey that does the doodad that does the whip a do it. Right. And she's like, oh, I go, yeah, I don't have a desire to architect the funnel. Like, I just want to be able to understand it. And that way we can be like, oh yeah, here's what we're both talking from the same language. I don't need to be good at it. Right. Like, that's your thing. You're good at it. Like, cool. Right. And like, as, as I've grown in my career and I now manage employees, I'm like, how do people micromanage? How do you literally have the bandwidth? Like that stresses me out. Just thinking about like caring about what someone does every minute of every day. I'm like, oh, no, I, like, cause I'm like, no man, just go do your thing. We'll, we'll figure like, you know, I'm trusting you to do it. So, uh, cause that's how I want to operate. So yeah, fearing failure is not for me. It's not about fearing the failure. It's literally about attacking it and just figuring out the thing that you can do right now. That's within your grasp. Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's finishing go for your win. Maybe it's just connecting with as many people in the course just to like listen to their story. And for those of you who are struggling to figure out your thing, I would encourage you and to, because uh, this is a really cool community and I got to watch it be built through on it and the people that would come through and do a cool Zoom call and Zoom's a great tool for it and just record it and just talk to 10, 15 people and ask about their story. And your job is only to ask open-ended questions, not to do anything else, but ask open-ended questions, you know, and like to move the conversation forward and just like hear what they've done and be like, oh damn, like that's kind of similar to what I've got going on or I've been through that and you find commonalities. And all of a sudden you're like, it's just changed your perspective. It's like watching a kick-ass movie that like really just pulls at you, right? But this is like that person sitting in front of you and you're a part of that and they're telling it to you to where I think that's gonna open up a whole new thought process about what's possible. Everything is possible. Everything is possible right now in the world, right? The internet makes, like, you all, you didn't have the opportunity to be someone out of nowhere before the internet makes that possible, right? It is the new lottery ticket, right? And it is the ticket to freedom. So now we have the opportunity, like, and you see it with internet marketers, like, oh, I help middle-aged men eat pancakes with their right hand instead of their left hand. But maybe they got dope ass marketing and that looks beautiful. And they maybe they got a funny message and you look, you know what? I've always wanted to eat pancakes with my left hand. God damn it. Uh, you know, I'm going to buy it. And so like now we're in an age to where it's like, you know, and, and people have weird fetishes, a weird thing. So like there might be people that have that, but uh, it's like, that's a thing, right? Like everything can be a thing, right? Teach people your skill. We're moving into the knowledge era. We just came out of the IT era where it's all about information and building out infrastructure. But now like, look at this. You literally, there's a course around going for the thing you believe in. And it turns into like, damn, just go find the thing you love, right? Like I love to do things that scare the fuck out of me, like bungee jump and skydive, um, quit jobs and move across the country. Like, oh, I just, I need it because it forces me. Like, I kind of like to come out of my back up against the wall swinging. So yeah, don't look, no, it's not failure. It's just move, you know, move the needle forward. And you know, it's, it's determining the thing that you want. And sometimes that's through determining the things that you don't want to get there. Yeah. I, I resonated with that a lot. I, thinking back through like all the things, like how I got to this point is crazy because as I said, like I did, first of all, I did wrestling in high school and that was like my total like life considered going to school for it. Dope. Realize, thank you, that, you know, there's like schools with women's wrestling and the academics are like down here and then there's actual good academics. And so I was like, no, I'm going to do engineering because I'm really good at math and science. And then I was like, I hate this. I'm not going to do this anymore. So there's like a, you know, trying things to find out that you don't want to do them. And 
you, you know, there's things that we feel like we have to do because of the traditional way of, that the world has been and, and what success looks like. And we're in this new era, as you've been talking about, where um, I manifested that job with Move You. And then when that was over, I had no idea what I was going to do, but I was just like, I'm going to try personal training because I have all these new skills. I was a movement coach for Move You, so I learned so much about the posture and like correct form for movement and just so much detail-oriented stuff that I've been excelling as a personal trainer. And, and as I've been doing that, I've been like, I don't want to do this for my whole life, you know? Like it's been amazing and I've been learning so many skills where I um, – can rather than I was a coach online for move you I've been working with people face to face creating that connection and and just deep true relationships with people and and learning how to listen to them and not just you know you know there's trainers who are just like not listening to their clients while they're talking and I I've been using this because I I've I've known that this isn't what I want to do, but I'm going to get as much out of it as I can. So practicing those listening skills and having my clients know that I'm truly listening to them and personal training may have run its course for me and that's okay. And I just learned so much from that where whatever I want to do now, and it was funny that you brought up the, the um, experience of somebody like with binge eating disorder, because I've dealt through wrestling, like I've yeah. developed a lot of um, issues with eating disorders. And I knew that I wanted to use what happened to me to help other people because I felt like I had to go through it all alone. Um, and it's just crazy to me that so many people deal with just mental health issues in general. And they all think though they have to deal with it alone, even though so many of us going through it. So just learning how to talk about that and share and from the move you job, learning how to be on camera more posting videos of me explaining movements helped me feel more comfortable being in front of the camera um, where I'm now able to speak about eating disorders and all that stuff. It's like everything. I had no idea that this was going to be where I was going to be. Yeah. And and I know that just helping people with eating disorders isn't necessarily what I want to do, but I'm in this life coaching course to help people and coach people through that stuff. But I know all those skills that I'm learning from that course about energetics and just um, paying attention to your body and, and not like learning how to just focus on what's going inside rather than the program that's in our head. Um, it all is just leading me and I have no idea where I'm going, but yeah. that's okay. Just knowing that with each step you are learning and getting closer and closer, as long as you continue following your heart and not being afraid of failing, because I could consider all of these jobs a failure if I wanted to, but I'm not, I'm taking them as lessons and that's just what failures are. They're just lessons. So, um, just learning not to fear that, that, that action, that step to try things and be okay if it's not the right thing for you because you're just learning about what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Same thing goes with relationships. Same, same thing goes with so many things. Like each thing is just getting you closer and closer to knowing what you want and knowing what, what best way you can provide what you can for the world. So that was, that was cool. So, um, You've met so many helpers, so many mentors, so many coaches. 
um, in your travels, in your personal coaching, on your podcast. So what were some highlights that you've learned? Um, you, could, you, could, you could name some people in general or just the idea of what that means to be a good mentor and what that means to be a good coach. You know, it's interesting as you start growing in your career, you, ha- you place a lot of attachment to what you know and what you bring to the table. And you also have this other side of the table that you have to confront in that you wonder where your seat really is in it. And for a lot of people that shows up as um, a scarcity mindset or it shows up as a fear of failure or it, comes, it shows up as a... Um, you know, fearful of what other people bring to the table, right? That like small mindedness. Uh, I forget the word I'm trying to use there, but like, um, and the ability to step into a world and get to see what a lot of other movers and shakers are doing. And the cool part about my mission with Fitness Break Room, especially was to learn about people's stories was you just get to hear a lot of dope shit. Like I may not love the way you train. Like I don't really give a shit. Like you're a CrossFitter, like it's not my thing. But like, I care that you're a good human and you come from a good spot. Like, I want to know what makes you tick. I really value introspection and the ability to um, be self-aware. Like, that's something I very pride as a person. I look for in other people. And, you know, for me, looking at, you know, finding a mentor is, comes in multiple fold, folds because, um, you know, sometimes the person that you really wanted to be your mentor or thought was you were trying to make your mentor didn't embrace you the way you thought or whatever it was. Um, but maybe they gave you what you needed. They gave you the relationship you needed. So like everything's kind of for the right reason at the right time, which sucks because a lot of things happen for the wrong reason at the wrong time, what feels like. Um, but to go through, and so I want to tie that together in that like everybody does something really well by themselves, right? So everybody has a thing that like lights them on fire and does that thing. That thing just happens to be get, to get expressed through something else in their life, right? It could be that they're just a rock star parent. They could be a amazing on camera. They could be a great mover, right? They just have a cool thing. So learning the thing that makes people tick, it now turns into that every single person can become your mentor in some capacity. You start looking for, you start embodying the skills and attributes with the thing that you're searching for the most. And I think that's what we start trying to search, surround ourselves with people that embody those things or personally I do like, I'll catch myself. I watch movies around emotions I'm feeling, or like I even do it. Like when I'm playing baseball, I'm watching baseball movies. When I'm playing football, I'm playing, I'm watching football movies. Like I just, I, I've done that for a long time. Uh, but to, you know, go through and really start um, finding out that thing that makes that person tick. And I, you know, if I, grew up with a buddy and I did DECA in high school, which is like a business and marketing club for, for high schoolers. And my, one of my childhood best friends, his older brother was the national president. And, you know, for, for gone, for, for bow, for go, for bow, well, I don't know, for went college for a year to go travel the world and be this national president for this thing. And uh, he looked at me and, and he's like, man, just remember one unique thing about every single person you meet. Like you may not remember their name. You may not remember their thing. Right. But like, you're going to remember something about them that now you know that thing that makes them tick or that thing. So you know how to set them up for success. So I built my network and I built my kind of knowledge, like knowledge of people or my people who knew about me by being like, oh, hey, you should meet this person. You should meet this person. I don't know why you should meet, you know? And so, cause that was my thing. Like it, my thing was just to kind of connect people. Cause I do end up meeting a lot of people based on my personality. 
So like the only thing I have is like, Hey, how can I start interconnecting people? Like you do this really dope thing. I heard this person doing a really dope thing. You guys should talk together. That might be a cool thing. Right. And it's like, sweet. All of a sudden you're like, Oh damn. Like I want like people to be like, damn, did you get Sam Pogue? Did you meet him? Right. Like every, like, Oh, like, that's just the network. Right. Like this new view thing we just had. Right. Like, Oh yeah, I used to work in movie. And then they're like, Oh shit. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> and so with mentors realize that everybody can be a mentor. And if you start digging in and you start asking why, and you start asking questions that make people tick or what they're really focused on, you can learn something because they do something so well that they don't even have to really think about. And they do it exceptionally. For some people, it's playing basketball, baseball, whatever. But like you get to know that and it's like, okay, can I learn something from that? What can I take from that? And then, so everybody becomes that. And then all of a sudden you start reaching out to people that you're like, oh man, I need more of that. So for me, like John Wolf and Shane Hines became really great mentors to me on it. Um, not only from a fitness and training standpoint, but both are much more sympathetic, much more empathetic feelers around like considering other people's feelings. You know, as, as I've kind of unveiled, un uncovered this for myself, like I very much come from back of the bench kind of kid. I'm like, hey, fuck you. Like, come on. Like, if I'm feeling like I'm not there, you sure as fuck should be in front of me. Right. So I don't always have a like, I don't get it at it. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Cause I'm like, no one knows what to do. Right. It's all of us running through a fucking cornfield naked and backwards. Right. And praying <laughs> that we don't trip. Right. Like that's, that's the game we're all doing, bro. Like <laughs> you just get lucky by not tripping sometimes. So, you know, go through and, and start like leaning on those people and like learning how you can help add value to what they're doing, because through that process, you're going to learn, right? Like, ah, like Mark Fisher is someone, one of those people for me. I met that guy in San Francisco and Mark runs a gym in New York called Mark Fisher Fitness. And Mark comes from being a Broadway actor. And he has a huge population of uh, middle-aged women who don't love the fitness scene and uh, gay men, right? And like a lot of Broadway theater people who don't necessarily aren't well known for merging with the jock culture in high school very well. Uh, and they don't necessarily have the same interests. So he builds this gym and it's got unicorns and dildos hanging from the ceiling. Your trainer might train you in a pair of assless chaps because he yeah. wants to make it such a fun environment that you're no longer thinking about your insecurities. You're like, fuck. And it's just, and he calls it serious fitness or uh, serious fitness for ridiculous humans. And this dude does $4 million a year with 700 members out of his gym. Like he's one of the highest grossing gyms in the nation, like for a private small gym. But this dude, he also like is a very big advocate of psychedelics. He's also a big advocate of like conscious capitalism, like making money and like doing, but doing it well. Right. Uh, and he's just this person who like is very caring. He's very thought out. He read a lot, which is a skill that I didn't do at the time that he was like, damn, you read? Like, I want to be someone, cause I, I like the idea. Like, I want to be someone who reads. And so like Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck was a recommendation he gave me. And that like inspired me. And now like I'm going through like two to four books a month. And it's like, wow. So he just embodied a lot of things. And so I met him in San Francisco and I was like, hey Mark, you know, I was like, I'd love to take you to dinner. And he's like, yeah, for sure, man. And, and uh, right away he goes, what's your angle? And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, look, man, I love what Mark Fisher is all about. And, and if Onnit can support Mark Fisher Fitness, I'm all about that. And I hope that we can do that. If you want to sell Alpha Brain, Onnit Protein, whatever. But I just love what you're about. I want to know how I can support you with the resources I have. So I, you know, I just wanted you to know I'm in your corner kind of thing. He's like, oh, wow. And just over the years, he's become one of my dearest friends. He's become one of my greatest mentors. Someone I call when I'm going through a tough conversation in my head. How do I deal with it? Bouncing ideas off of. He now reaches out to me, which was a big honor. He reached out to me to ask an idea. And I was like, whoa, right? And so by just going in and putting in value to the relationship, because maybe, and chances are, you, anytime we have a relationship and we're asking for something, there's an exchange of value, right? And 
until unless there's an equal exchange of value, it's a favor. You can only ask for so many favors before you run out of money, right? And we got to look at relationships like our bank account. We got to put goodwill in so we can pull goodwill out, right? So maybe your game right now is like, dude, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, tell you what, um, I'm going to, can I just volunteer with the go for your win? Can I, um, uh, can I just volunteer with you guys for like a week and just sit and like take notes uh, and just learn what's going on? You guys, are like, oh yeah, that'd be dope. We really could use someone who takes better notes than we do because we're trying to have a conversation. So someone who's just in like, damn, and so now that person gets to sit and take notes for a, a shitload of dope ass podcasts where like you got to sit and listen. Like I'm sure you guys have met Ryan Giles who does Aubrey's podcast and, and Ryan does fitness break or did fitness break room for me. And uh, we have a great story, but like that dude sits in the room for every single Aubrey podcast. And then he edits them. So I'm like, he hears everything twice. How much great shit has he put in his mind over four years of listening to every podcast Aubrey has done twice? right like you think about that like how do you not come out just fighting for what you want <laughs> right like and so but like that was a huge game for him he's like i don't have like he came to me looking like oh man i, I went to school for audio engineering i'd love to do podcasts on it and, and then i was like oh i'm doing a podcast he's like hey can i do yours yeah, okay right so he's doing mine and all of a sudden like flash forward four years he's doing or two years he's doing jp sears and aubrey's and onnits and you're like dude look at that right only from a conversation. If he grabbed me in the office because he goes, hey, you're a baseball guy, right? Like everybody says you're a baseball, I played baseball. And then we lashed onto that idea. Next thing you know, we're doing a podcast together. You know, his wife, Amy, like I stayed with them when I came to Austin over the month of January to train Jake before he went to what was hopefully gonna be their season. And it was like, like they've become great friends all because of this like little thing. Ryan and I may never do business together where we exchange money, but I tell you what, He's going to be one of the first people I think of when there's an opportunity. Someone's like, I need an audio guy. Ryan's my guy. How can I put you in touch with him? Mm-hmm. Right. And it turns into like, oh shit. Like I want to show off by being the guy that knows everybody. Right. Like, yeah, I'm not that dude, but you know who I have. Right. Like my buddy, who's a strength coach for a major league baseball team texts me. He's like, Hey, I'm in LA. I need a therapist. So I put him in touch with a really prominent therapist, uh, Dr. Mark Chang. And he was like, you just put me in touch with Dr. Mark Chang. And I was like, yeah, man. He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, dude, you know, this is what I do. Like, I just want to, you know, share the wealth and good people helping good people. So, you know, to bring it back guys, I'm sorry for the long winded, but you know, going into it, look for mentors in every single person. What can that person offer you? Everybody can be a great citizen of the world. And to be honest, you might, by you asking what their thing is, that might be the thing that unlocks them, right? Because they didn't know they were having a hard time with it. Cause maybe they don't think about fishing or playing guitar or singing or doing the thing every single day of the week. But having a conversation with you and helping you self-discover might unveil like, damn, I really like helping people come to this. And you know what? I, I don't do it yet, but I'm in a, I have a network of people in this Go For Your Win group. Like, oh man, I'm sure 10 people would do a, a Zoom call with me and have a conversation and I can just ask a line of questions and see how it goes. We forget that like, I love stand-up comedy and you forget that stand-up comedians are hyper rehearsed. They have that set nailed, timing, cadence they know when people are gonna laugh they ain't making it up on the fly right and to be so good at that rehearsal and for us as people we want to get to that point where we, be, we just get so good at that rehearsal of just trying new shit and meeting new people and learning from people and hey i'm I, yeah i'm gonna try this podcast thing for a little bit i'm gonna help you out okay like that taught me a lot of valuable skills when you're a mechanical engineer it's early like this is the route that's good for me if i don't want to do the medical thing right and you could have stayed and maybe you would have found your way to engineering sales, which might've been more up your, at this point, maybe what your body was searching for, or maybe you got into a different uh, vertical of engineering that was maybe more development focused that tickled that. Maybe, in, maybe you would have found 
powerlifting earlier in your fitness career to where you really loved the math of like progressive overload to where it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty mathematical. Like it's pretty scientific, <laughs> right? So when you train your accountants and your engineers, like you show them the math of like, here's how your program works. They're like, oh, I get it, right? Saturdays are going to be really hard days. It has more, you know, and they're like, so then they come in because they're not, like, because they're planners or people that don't like the unknown. So they want to know if you give them that freedom, like you give them that little bench, like, oh, damn, I'm ready to go. And you get great compliance, right? So yeah, go through and just meet everybody, learn from everybody. And it'll start helping you shape about what you, what you really appreciate, what you want, things you like about other people, things you want to embody. I think we get too caught up in the things that we're not and we don't know how to get out. Well, your way to get out is to go look at other people and be like, damn, they do that really well. I bet if I hang out with you more, I just start watching that. And like, you're just so good when someone says something really shitty about not making a shitty comment back and making them feel stupid. I should hang out with you more and learn how to bite my tongue more, right? <laughs> Which is maybe something I did. Uh, and, and so it's, it's just going through that. And it's like, they don't have to be Tony Robbins. Not everybody needs to be Aubrey Marcus, right? Like, oh my God, the amount of, I love, like I tell people I work on it and it's like, <laughs> get to work with Aubrey. And it's like, yeah, man. And they're like, like, you know him. I'm like, yeah, man. And it's like, it's, it's cool, right? Because it's like, oh, but I forget, like I got to see him all the time. Right. And not everybody gets to do it. And so, but not everybody has to be Aubrey. Right. Actually the shitty people in your life probably taught you a lot. If you go through and dig it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but just start going in, like connecting with people that you just really like something about them. Right. Get to know them, buy them a beer. What makes them tick? What do you do? What do you get into? Like, and just be open to hearing what they're about and try to think about the big picture of the conversation about all right, man. Oh, and maybe ask about their story. How did you get into surfing? Oh man, dude, like I was a shitty swimmer and my brother surfed and finally I confronted my fear of swimming by getting on the surfboard. And then I just love surfing so much. I became a surfer and I just happened to be good at, you know what I mean? Like it, I just became my thing. And I think that we're all just searching for a thing. I mentioned that we're starting a retreat for baseball player for athletes. And these guys are so good at doing the thing. They became a professional Cy Young award winner, the best that it becomes, you know what? It doesn't matter if your next thing is like getting really good at smoking meats on your Traeger. It doesn't matter if your thing becomes Broadway stage acting. It doesn't matter if it becomes uh, cooking or juice. It doesn't matter. It's like, did you find a new thing to want to put your effort and energy to that wakes you up, that makes you want to like, no. Given the choice between watching another episode of Friends or Seinfeld or another stupid, whatever, not that anything wrong with Netflix, you want to like get up and create an idea. You want to go take that class. You want to go do that thing, right? Like I want to improve my speaking skills so much because I want to press on my speaking career that I'm taking voice lessons. Like I have it after today. I have no desire to be a singer, right? But like, I think there's a lot of great skills I can learn from singing lessons that can carry over in terms of how to breathe, how to hold my position, how to carry my pitch and my tone, right? And it's fun. Like I really appreciate people who can sing. Like I think it's an incredible gift, right? And so like, I, and it's a really fun process to be like, damn, I'm really shitty at this. Like I come in with no expectations other than like, I'm just hoping to go from really shitty to less shitty and maybe to suck right? And like, let's just go from there. And like, it's cool. But like, if singing becomes more of a passion, dope. And I'll do it as long as I feel like doing it. Right. And so right now Paige is going to be my mentor because she's my coach. Right. And that's just someone like, Hey, that's really cool. I get to have that. So yeah, look at mentors. Like just as the people that just show up in your life for whatever reason, for whatever reason, things get put in front of us at really inopportune or opportune times that actually are really, really helpful if it's kind of scary, like it sounds super wooey, but like, yeah, the fucking world just puts the shit in front of you that you just have to deal with. Right. Whether it's like, and it's like, I, I never wish if someone to get a car wreck or become paralyzed or to go through some of that, but I sure as heck, like, I don't know Derek Pang before this version of Derek Pang, but I don't know if I'm really that interested in getting to know that version. 
right? Because this yeah. version seems to be a lot better, right? So like, I'm pretty hyper grateful we get this version. Like, I, it sucks that he had to go through pretty shitty trauma to get there. But like, this is the gift, right? You going through that divorce is the gift. That's going to teach you the lesson that got you here. You getting fired from that job, like getting fired from not being bro enough, for fuck's sake. I was like, uh, oh, like, you <laughs> sucked, right? Like, so, you know, it, it's just like this game around just keep it going, right? Do something that feels entertaining. Like, and that's why I was never a planner because I'm like, no, I don't want to be rigid because I might want to go do that thing. And that thing might lead me down this thing. And that thing might lead me down that thing. And you know, and cause it's like just this big treadmill and we can get off anytime we want. You just got to be cool with where you're getting off at. Doesn't mean you can't jump on another one. Right. But the thing's moving. Right. And you can carry, you can roll it as long as you want. You might get off for a little bit, chill over here and then get back on, go over here. Like Kevin Hart just said this in the Rogan podcast. He's like, look at Will Smith. He went from being no movies, not doing anything, just chilling to like, now I'm not only going to come back into doing social media and doing <laughs> videos and, and shit. He's like, once again, I can do it better than all of you. Right. And just like that 10 million followers, you know, all over the place and just like putting out shit and you're like, yeah, he's Will Smith already before, but like, look at that. He's just like, nah, I can do it right there. Right. And just like, oh, dudes, just stop fucking tenacity out the ass just to go try it. So that's where we're at. Find people that make you want to try it and maybe just follow what they do for a little bit and learn. And maybe that's going to take you down a journey you never would have thought you would have been. I didn't push on going and, you know, I thought about doing uh, sports. I tried to get into like sports marketing with my conference, which was the WCC, which is like Pepperdine, San Diego, UP, which is where I went, Gonzaga. And, but like the internship was $800 a month to live in San Mateo, California. My mom looked at me and goes, how are you going to live? Uh, can't take that internship, right? Because there was no money, right? Like I, you know, it sucks that I didn't get to go do those things. But you know what? Of all the shit I had to go through to get to here, damn, like I get to do a lot of cool shit. There's a lot of people who've made their career fitness, like to go to get a master's degree and do the thing. And, you know, and I'm like, and I teach, I teach kettlebell workshops at the National Strength Conditioning Association headquarters. And I don't have their cert. I don't have a CSCS, right? But they're not buying it because I'm trying to spit anatomy and physiology. They're doing it because I'm, you know, I'm going to create a fun experience and create a fun opportunity, right? And it's like, look, y'all want to go coach athletes? Y'all want to go be in the front of the room and speak and do all the things? Guess what? It has nothing to do with how well you know how many feet, the femur, right? Like it's like, don't, it's not that you don't, shouldn't know that shit. You got to know your craft, right? I can, I can talk shop. I talk like I can't talk shop. I can, but it's like, that's not the thing. So now it just turns into, you know, you really finding um, this path that was like, oh, I didn't know that was going to be the thing. And it created this opportunity, right? Like it, look at that. It, the life I get to live is so cool now because I didn't try to get into baseball, not because I didn't want to, like I was taking like every step I thought I wanted to take. Uh, and then it ended up there and it was cooler than I thought it would have been. So for that, it's like, no, just start taking steps, move the needle forward. If that seems entertaining right now for a little bit, because here's the thing, if something grabs you by the, by the uh, short and curlies and makes you want to move, do it, run with it. Because I mean, that's the shit right there. And then run with it as long as possible. Because here's the thing, we all know that you don't wake up every morning and be motivated, right? You're not going to wake up motivated to go change your life and do shit. You have to say, I'm sick and tired of what I'm doing. And I'm going to start making a conscious effort to do it. It sounds easier than I make it sound, but get fucking tired of what you're doing and just start going exploring. Don't put pressure on yourself to launch the next ebook or be the next fucking Joe Rogan. Just go learn some shit for the fucking fun of it and go for, learn mentors in different fields. And that's how you find mentors. Amazing. So you go ahead, Taya. No, I was just going to say we, we are coming up on the end of time. So um, if we should just get straight into the, uh, our last few questions. 
Yeah, I was going to do that. But right before we got into those last uh, or last couple of questions, I just wanted to ask um, you for your advice for new podcasters. Taha and I stumbled onto this adventure. And um, what we're into this about is we're just, we're just really grateful to have these amazing conversations with people like you and hear about your stories and see the commonality we all have uh, on this journey. Um, we're just all in different places. So what are some um, things you've learned from your two years with the podcast with Jessica, the fitness break room, some, some advice you get instill on some newbies over here. Yeah. Early, especially you're going to have to teach people to talk. I know I'm a talker and I'll just talk forever. Like I didn't like, I can just monologue forever. Um, but a lot of times you get people who are self-conscious around talking too much. They don't want to talk, take the show. And you have to let them know like, Hey, you're here because I want you to talk about that. Like, cause your goal as an interviewer is you want to get the story that they've never told before in a way that they've never told it. And like, they're insecure, like the magic moment, because if you think about your day to day, we have rehearsed conversations all day. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh, I'm good. Oh, I'm busy. Oh yeah, this, yeah, I'm doing that. And it's like, it's superficial, right? It doesn't really take us anywhere. So your job as the interviewer is to get people to give you that conversation and you need to create that safe space. Um, and I, you know, for me, I love to hang out with a person like for a while before. It's great if I know them first. Um, not that you can do a pre-call. I'm also not a, like a set question person. I don't do a, cause I kind of like, I don't know if that person's going to let me down that hole. But if all my questions are aimed down that hole and like that person's giving me resistance and they're giving me one word answers and I'm 20 minutes into the podcast and like you've answered all your questions, you're like, okay, so, right? Because you didn't preface that person needs to go down the hole, right? And they don't know. So tell your people like, hey, talk about your thing. We'll pull you out as needed, right? And that's your job is to listen, right? Is to make sure it stays on and it's engaging because at some point you might have to cut someone off and like, hey, man, oh, yeah, we gotta, you know, whatever the next thing is. And also like, stay ahead, right? Like for me, I always tried to stay 10 episodes ahead. So I was always just like, I was never posting in the moment and things were ahead of time. Uh, and for me, once I got behind on that, like I was like, oh, I'm smoked. I can't, I can't catch up, right? I can't do stuff in the moment, but as long as I'm ahead, I can kind of stay in front of it. Um, so I'd like to like do a bunch up front. And, you know, for me, it was take time to plan around who you have and who you want to talk to. You know, for me, I kind of like just talking to a lot of people. I love long form conversation. I want to hear just different stories around different shit. Um, and so I want to, cause I want that person to kind of, I want to lead them down a conversation. I want them to lead me down somewhere they maybe feel ready to kind of go and I can poke and prod at. Uh, and so, you know, map out like, who do I have? Who's in my network right now within a text message or a call, right? And maybe like maybe one extra call. So two people removed that you can get on the podcast right now. And then start like, okay, let me start hammering that out. And then you can start organizing that however you want. Like, oh, here's mindset people. Here's this kind of people. Here's these kind of people, right? I haven't broken up my state because I travel so much that I'm like, all right, if I'm in LA, who can I hit up for a podcast, right? Like, oh, boom, 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 right? And, and like for me, it also uh, it gives me a chance to like, all right, now I get to go hang out with that person and do that thing and spend time with that person. Um, so for you guys, plan, you know, who you want to who you want to be on ahead of time, right? And then set those conversations up for them to be successful right? If you know you have someone who's not good at doing stuff off the cuff, like they're like, oh, they're kind of like, uh, they kind of need the plan up front, right? They're not Sam who will talk for 45 minutes without you letting him stop. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well then it's like, all right, this person needs, and so you just know those kind of things ahead of time, right? And, you know, watch some content they've done, right? Because, and here's where I get kind of mad about stupid shit where it's like someone will like ask a question on, like maybe an influencer type does one of those like ask me questions, and like people like you ask the same fucking questions he answers all the time or she answers all the time that's like go read the blog 
right? So for you as the interviewer, I would encourage you to go one layer deeper. Your goal as the interviewer is you want to ask a question that the audience is thinking, but you got to ask it in a way that the guest hasn't been triggered before, that they're going to give you some systematic response, right? Mm -hmm. That they give you the response that's like, oh man, when I was a kid, right? Like, and they're like, oh shit, you're about to cry. Like if you get tears, right? You're like, oh yeah, as a podcast host, because <laughs> you just got this great emotion, right? So yeah, take, but you know, know your guests well enough to put them in, in conversations to be successful because you want them, like that's what you live for. You want the fucking rant, Right. A, a strict Q&A is like boring as shit of a podcast unless it's like a super scientific or give me hard numbers, right? For the most part, you want perspective. People want to see themselves in the guest and be like, damn, I've eaten shit before, right? Like I've done that before. Oh, I'm going through that right now, right? Where do they see themselves in your journey? Because that person, wherever you're at, you haven't seen yourself successful yet. You don't even know what that looks like. So you want to see that in someone else, right? So it, it's this... Um, going through and setting people up and learning about them is just such a great way to have a better conversation. And once again, now you get to learn about them so much, right? Go listen to their last two podcasts. Go read a couple articles they wrote. Uh, I love Hot Ones, Sean Evans. He does a, a podcast where he interviews celebrities eating chicken wings. And so the hot, super hype fuck, fucking spicy chicken wings takes you out of like your normal thing is you're dripping buckets of sweat. But he also asked like all these celebrities are like, damn, dude, you asked a question. Like I thought only my manager knew. And they're kind of like, <laughs> who told? But like he asked and it's like, it's really cool because they're like, damn, no one knows that. And for a lot of these people, it's not that they don't like the media. It's that they don't want the media to skew what they want to say. They have a thing they want people to know about them. Right. So it's just really cool how he asked such great questions. Right. And then you guys, it's hard, you know, for being a podcaster, you got to listen to the conversation and then know you want to take the conversation in a certain way, but you got to hold on to something they said seven minutes ago, keep listening to what they're saying and like fill in the gaps if you need to. And then be like, all right, uh, take us back to the moment when you uh, went through your, you know, uh, eating disorder. And I want you to like, tell me what you were going through there. And they're like, oh shit. Right. And they're out of rhythm because they're used to saying like, oh, the next day did this, the next day did this. And then all of a sudden they're like going into it. And you, cause you know, damn, they were willing to touch on it. They gave me the, they gave me just the tip, right? Mm -hmm. Now let's go for the whole thing. Uh, and so you, like, look for those cues in the conversation about what people are giving you to where maybe you can blow the conversation up into a, a really great, like, wow, that was really, really cool. No one's ever heard that before. Uh, and then be yourself, right? Don't be the character you're not. The thing I tell people about starting, especially right now, we're in a digital age around setting up uh, a character online and you can build that through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, Zoom, a podcast that make sure that the character you choose to play uh, online is the character you want to play when you're fucking tired of shit and you could care about doing nothing else, <laughs> right? Like, uh, this is me all the time, right? But I also, like, I, that, that in my social media, I'm not the, like, hey, guys, check out the, like, that's not me. <laughs> like, that takes so much bandwidth out of me to do that. I can show up and do this all the time. But doing the little, like, that, I just, I'll, I'll show things I'm, I think are funny or things I like or things I'm doing. But, like, because I don't want to build something where you're used to me doing something. And maybe it works, but, like, it's, I can't maintain it, right? And so when you're in this show... One of you is going to be more a little analytical. One of you is going to be a little bit more sympathetic. Play to that. Know that she's going to go a little bit more, hey, go down that hole a little bit. And oh, know that he's going to ask a question around that and maybe ask one that gets them to get fired up a little bit since you guys dual host, right? And maybe steer like, okay, I because the way you're hearing it is as I'm learning now, people don't think in the same wavelengths as people. And I'm like, oh, if you're hearing it a certain way and he's not hearing it a certain way, ask the question. Like if it's in your head, ask the question. Because then he's like, oh, wow, okay, that was a great way to look at that, right? Like, I love those moments when you get asked a question that's just like, damn, that was awesome. I, <laughs> fuck, that, like I bought an iPad and the dude, I walked in and he goes, where do you see this fitting into your lifestyle? 
And I was like, what a great fucking question for sales. Like I was so, I told him, I was like, I'm in marketing. I'm so pumped up over that question. And he was just like, and it, like I so much was giving him the ability to sell me the most expensive iPad. He's like, no man, you need this one. And I was like, damn, that was a great buying experience because of that. So, mm-hmm. but be that and like, um, and, you know, learning, ask those questions and be you, right? Don't be the other person because your care, like think about the characters you like online and you think about how introspective actors have to be on TV to not only do the fucking twerk thing that they do in the movie, like, oh, you have to be self-aware enough to install that actively as an actor because you don't naturally do that thing. And you're like, wow, that's really great self-awareness. That's really, you know? So yeah, but that's what makes people love that character, right? You think about the, the sitcoms of like Seinfeld, Friends, like people love Kramer for Kramer, right? Like, it, it just can someone else be him? Probably not, they've tried, right? But for whatever reason, the world just likes, you know? And so for whatever reason, people just like you for you and be unapologetically that. I know for me as a trainer, the person who was a little like softer that didn't want the hoot and holler, like loud trainer, the hyper energy, like you weren't going to like training with me. So why would I even care about marketing and selling my sessions to you? Right. You don't even, cause, but plenty of other people are like, damn, I want that dude's energy. Give me whatever line he just did. Right. Like that shit. Like, cause I want to fire you up. So give me the people that already want that. Right. Um, so yeah, just embrace what you have going on as a host and step into it. Like I love nothing more than the people who are like, like, cause I do a big introduction every single time. Like, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Fitness Break Room Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Pogue. I'm sitting down in beautiful Boulder, Colorado with my friend, Derek Pang, all the way from Canada in the greater Northern. <laughs> he came here by sled dog. We're here to about to talk about some motherfucking yoga and some kids, right? Like, and so it's fun because I want to set the stage for that person. Like, damn, okay, get up, right? And I usually cuss first because I want them to know it's okay to cuss, <laughs> right? But like, that's unapologetically my character, mm-hmm. right? Like, you don't like it, I don't really give a shit. Like, that person, someone's going to turn on like, ooh, this dude's like at a 12 and I'm like at a six. Cool, whatever. Plenty of other people in the world. There's 8 billion people in the world, right? Like, <laughs> I'd be cool if just a million liked me, right? Like, so what am I caring about one, one hater? Uh, yeah. And so just being unapologetically you allows you the freedom to just start going after it. Don't worry about having that funny humor. If you, if you got dark ass humor or dorky humor, go with it. Because someone else has got that humor too. And you know what? They're going to like it because you do it. And be that right. fucking person every single time. Love that. All right. Thank you so much. We've got a few more questions. I got one and then Derek will ask the last couple before we close it out. So in three words, how would you describe the experience you're having on this earth or a phrase? Uh, exciting, challenging, and uh, transformational. Transformational. Love that. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Derek? All right. Um, we're going to play around with some time. And we're going to fast forward to the 85-year-old Sam Pogue. Um, and who is that 85-year-old Sam Pogue? What is the legacy he has left behind? And what does your life look like at 85, Sam? Oof, damn. I want to have left my stamp on a lot of shit, right? I want to be just a connection, like a cobweb through a whole lot of other people's stuff, right? Like, I want to do my thing, too. Um, but, you know, I want to, like, right now, I think I want to be a speaker and push on my speaking career really, career really hard. But, like, I'm okay if that doesn't become the thing because right now, chasing it gets me somewhere else. So, for me, it's, like, where I'm at right now is, like, being super fulfilled with the things I've done. And at, at 85, I hope that I can sit back and be focused on the present, appreciate the past, and not worried about driving towards the future because that's where we're all at right now as humans in this day is like we're, we constantly have one foot in the past like fuck i did that i said that i did this thing i this thing fucked it up or my parents fucked it or blah, yada, yada, yada. 
oh, the future isn't bright. Like I don't have this. And, I, and you're not thinking about what you can fucking do in this very fucking moment, right? And about what the thing is that you can do uh, right now. So for me, it's in the spot to where it's like, man, uh, do, I, do I appreciate the journey that I went through? And, and coming through this introspective journey, and Onnit gave that to me, guys. Like Onnit is such a beautiful place in that, like it's cool that every person there is working on getting fucking better. I don't care if you're at the front desk of the gym, warehouse, like everybody's just trying to get better. And that's the beauty of it. a lot of people just coming together. And that really, like, I wasn't into the personal development, self-improvement space right before that. And now it's like, wow, I'm going to make a career out of this. Like I was just telling my dad about it. And he's like, wow, you're going to jump into that space. That's cool. Right. And it's like, wow, that's so cool that this is a thing that I get to go pursue and a thing I get to go do now. Um, and to look at life in a way that that's fun that that's just revealed itself. So that's all I want. Like, I'm not set on 85 looking a certain way. I don't care about if I live in San Diego, New York. I just want to be able to sit there and be like, damn, all right, I don't have anything left I want to do. Uh, and I want to be in a spot where I just feel super pumped just to share and live a life of freedom to where I can be where I want when I want, right? Like, if I have kids, I want to be able to go take them on lavish vacations and cool dope experiences and do cool things with them. If I, you know, don't have kids, I want to go be able to do that with my friends um, and, you know, or be able to experience things because I want to do them. And so right now it's like, I don't know if that involves running a big company. Uh, it could turn into that later, but at 85, I just want to be happy and appreciative that uh, all the nicks and bruises and the punches in the face were worth it. And, uh, and that's gratitude for helping other people. That's service for helping other people. That's gratitude with myself and who I've become that's the fulfillment of what I've accomplished and to say like, there isn't anything left that I really want to do. Um, you know, I've left it with other people and that other people can take with it and evolve it to the next thing. Uh, I don't care if that's a pop cultural thing that people know my name forever. Like I don't get off to that uh, because you know, like I think that for me, like I don't have to be the guy that builds the fucking Amazon. Like I'd rather be the guy like, yeah, but this dude's in everything. <laughs> like he's just literally involved in everything. Uh, and so like, I really enjoy that. Right. And I really love, um, you know, the ability for people to reach out because they're like, damn, you've done cool shit that I want to learn from and I want to share. And I, like, I appreciate giving, given the platform to do so. Um, because I didn't think that that was a thing, you know, 10 years ago, like, man, I, you know, 33, 23, I didn't think I'd be flying up, texting pro athletes and training them and flying around the country doing cool things. And, you know, to have lived this life where I've done all these cool experiences to where it's like, wow, all right. Yeah, I'm sure you didn't get that cool job in the cubicle making more money early in life. But you know what? You don't regret shit. Like, because I kind of do a lot of really fucking cool things. And I would just want to keep doing really cool things, meeting amazing people that just inspire me to go do more amazing things. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what 85-year-old Sam looks like. How beautiful. How beautiful that we get to do that. Um, Incredible. last question, that 85 year old, that 85 year old Sam Pogue, I want you to picture him in your head, in your heart. And what would that 85 year old Sam Pogue say to you? 33 year old Sam Pogue. Wow. I mean, let's go for it. Hey, I might, I'm really excited by 85. I'm really hoping to develop facial hair. Uh, maybe I can pull off the fucking Raiden thing uh, and maybe even like, you know, look like I've hit puberty and not get asked uh, for my ID like a rated R movie. Uh, it's like, oh, come on, man. I really uh, but for me, and this is a theme that I've been really working on for myself right now is uh, step into it. 
you know, it's been really difficult for me to start recognizing, like, I recognize I get to do cool shit and I have a lot of good information to share, but I also don't think, I also don't put myself on a stool to where it's like, y'all should listen to me because I have things to say. I think you should just listen. Like, I have valuable things to say because I've done it and I've gone out and done it, but like, I'm only doing it because y'all should be doing it too. Like, I'm just trying to get to the top of the mountain like everybody else. And it was really hard to look the other day and, and I don't want this to come across douchey, but it's going to sound douchey and I apologize in that like, oh, man, I looked over and I'm like, I'm not competing with anybody else for a job. No one else has my experience. That's going to like, I'm going to go apply for that thing and they're going to take it out from under me. Like not because they don't, there's not other smart people that couldn't do that job, but because what I bring to the table at this point now is so unique that it allows me to like, just be unapologetically me, right? Like Jason Havy, the CEO of on it sat me down and he goes, damn, dude, I don't know what you do. We're in a world of, hand, or of, of views and clicks and you're in a world of handshakes and smiles and for whatever reason it works. And I want you just to go be you. And we'll figure out what that KPIs of that looks like later. And I was like, what? You're just giving me the freedom just to go be me? Like <laughs> that was incredible self-confidence for me, right? And like how that came back to on it, like what kind of rooms I was showing up into and like, you know, like it's not like I was just meeting with everyday gym owners. Like I was sitting in the room with like executives for the NFL right? And at Nike, and you're like, oh, shit, like, okay. And you're like, oh. and so to get that kind of confidence was huge. And for me now, this next stage at 33, it's now at the spot where it's like, damn, dude, it's time for you to step into it. It's time for you now to start being comfortable being that leader and knowing that you have done enough to warrant you being in front of people and, and offering that and that it's worthy. Uh, because, you know, I spend so many time around, so much time around my mentors and people I respect for what they do that I'm like, I'm not him. Are you kidding me? Like, that's what I'm looking for in a leader. That's not me yet. So I struggle with the same thing as everybody else, but I'm will, like, I do recognize I've done enough cool things. I do have things to say. Obviously I think I deserve to be on things like this and share this kind of stuff. Um, I'm happy to do it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, you know, that's to, um, that would be what 85 year old tells 33 year old Sam right now is like, step into it, bro. Like you've already self-admitted it. Like you have, I told my parents, I go, do you know what gives me the freedom to just be me? Is that like, I can run and jump off any cliff in the world and know that you're there to support me. Hmm. Right? Like that, that is incredible freedom to me. And in, it's like, and I hope that was, that was cool for them to hear because um, it is, it's empowering. And so it doesn't make it any harder or less hard to do for me personally to do. Uh, but yeah, 85 year old is telling me to step into it and to, to lean into who I am and um, recognize that like, damn, you've got to do some cool shit and, um, you know, you can lead others through the things you've done. And, uh, it's time to share that with others to help them get to that next spot. Cause I've now done enough things where I feel like I can share strategies to help. Cause before I was like, I haven't done enough things yet to get there. I'm not there yet. Mm. Um, and now it's like, oh yeah, you do it. Like you've done it. Right. And it had to be some of my mentors telling me that mm -hmm. to get there. Um, and so, you know, it's, uh, it's, doesn't make it the pill any easier to harder to, to swallow to do right because i don't i'm not signed up, i didn't want to be an entertainer i didn't sign up to be like an actor where i just want to entertain people all day right we live in a world that that's possible through social media and doing that thing uh, and i want to do those things but it's yeah i i realize that there's nothing like there shouldn't be everything anything holding me back so going for it right like now even more so like every time i like want to stop and like do nothing and like watch the netflix and do you know is like no go get up that's not pushing the needle forward, right? And, you know, I really felt a lot of inspiration um, to do that. And uh, it's really helped, you know, getting told by others that you respect that you're in that space to do it. And, you know, but you got to tell yourself, 
And so like in my gratitude journal, uh, that's been my like affirmation for the day is step into it, right? Every day do something to step into it. Um, for early when I was being asked it, like I've probably been on a hundred podcasts as a guest and uh, you know, early it's, it's hard to want to talk, right. To be like, man, you're asking me to be on like, you know, a guest on the thing. And, and it's like, do I have, you know, am I worthy of, and to be okay with just talking to know that like, no, I've got cool shit to go off on and, uh, and that people appreciate it. And it's been cool to have people stop me in random places and, or, you know, stopped in the airport. Like I follow you and like, I really appreciate what you do. And you're like, wow, that's fucking nuts. That is nuts. <laughs> right. So yeah, stepping into it is, is the one that it's saying to me. And cause at the end of it, it's like, what do you want to, you want to be happy? Right. Like, you know, what's going to make you happy. You know, what doesn't make you happy. Right. And so when have you ever made a decision that wasn't towards your happiness, it didn't go well. So step into it. Yeah. It's, step it's, into it. It's interesting how you said like this whole time you kind of didn't think that you had the experience or whatever. And through listening to everything that you're saying, I'm just like, Oh my God, this guy's tried everything, everything like, Oh my gosh. But it doesn't matter what other people think of you until you believe it in yourself and you have that confidence in yourself that you are able to provide people with what you want to provide them. So that was really beautiful. Sam, this conversation has been so amazing. I've so enjoyed speaking with you and I'm still blown away that we have met before and didn't realize it until halfway through this. Um, but just loving what you're doing and super excited for everything else that you're going to create for this world. And I can't wait to see what that entails. Thank you so they much. Could they could find you on Instagram at spogue86. Yep. Your old pod, there's lots of podcast episodes, Fitness Breakroom. You did it from yep. 2017 to 2019. My favorite is uh, with John Wolf and Shane Hines. That, that nice. combo episode, that one is fire. I recommend <laughs> start there. Uh, but there's so many great people you Thank spoke you. to. Where, where else could they find you? Uh, sampogue.com uh, is my personal website. Uh, and I'm just starting to get ready to start putting some things out and starting to put out more personal content, uh, driving towards, um, you know, my keynote speech coming up, some fitness programs I'm getting ready to launch, uh, and some workshops that I'm teaching. I do some sales workshops and marketing workshops and starting to, you know, play that space. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, and then you can go to truecoach.co. I write a fitness business blog. And so I put out, and it's, it's not even about necessarily fitness business. It's about service. It's about business in general, right? Like, three ways to evaluate your marketing funnel and if it's working and uh, five ways to improve your clients without get more clients without social media, right? Like it's very much just about like service-based businesses, right? Insert massage, insert hairstyle, insert nail, insert uh, BDSM, whatever that is, right? <laughs> like, uh, you know, like at this point, like every message works, right? Like Budweiser hit it on the head with their great campaign. It's only weird if it doesn't work. And like, here's the thing, marketing, everything may works if it works for you. So uh, yeah. Thank you. Well, we're definitely going to have to continue this conversation nice. another time. You're going to be another one of our guests, like Steve Maxwell. We're going to have on every year um, to catch up with you and get some more knowledge. You have just so much to share. So let's raise our fist in the air in love, in truth, in solidarity, and let's bring it into the winner's circle. Boom. Oh, all the way up. There you go. <laughs> Thank all you right. so much, Thank Sam. You Thanks, so much. Derek. Thank you. Such a pleasure, guys. Have a great day. Thank you for Me everyone. Too. Appreciate it. And uh, it was such a great pleasure to share time and space with y'all. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye.